just call this for a moment. Hustle and mute, right? I don't really have a necessarily a good reason why jenny hatch is going to be joining me in just a moment from my friend from colin and uh she wants to talk about music so for those of you that hear me saying who are here on colin saying jenny from colin that's right jenny is over on wisdom and she'll be joining me on uh, Wisdom instead of Colin today. So she's got to set up her account there on Colin. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to jam out to some music. I have some really cool music that I've been listening to uh, lately. One of my favorite bands is um, one of, not the favorite band, but one of them. And that group is called uh, I Am Abomination. And they do have some lyrics that I'm sure would be uh, offensive to most people. Hey, Jenny. How you doing? Can you tell who that is? Oh, let me see here. It's Audrey McDonald singing Climb Every Mountain. Ah. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with this song. Maybe I am, if I could hear it more clearly, but yeah. It's from The Sound of Music. She played the Mother Abbess in The Sound of Music on the TV version of the play. So she's my favorite singer. So one of my favorites. So what's her name again? Audra McDonald. Audra McDonald. Huh. I have to look, I have to look that up. She's uh, the queen of Broadway. But she's also done TV. And uh, her playing that iconic part was was something. I'm sure that, you know, she shouldn't, she must have done more than just uh, Broadway. Although some people do specialize. Yeah, she did. She was on one of those doctor TV shows at night. I can't remember which one. I'm not a big TV watcher, so I don't know all the shows, but... Me neither. I love her. I love her voice, Audra McDonald. She got married to a guy named Will Swenson, so I think she might even be going by Audra Swenson these days, but probably not. Audra Swenson. Huh. Okay. Is there a place for me to put a, a link to it? Is there a chat in Wisdom? Oh, no. I mean, there, there's. you can send chats to me. Like, so if you click on my... Uh, profile picture um it'll you'll see it says say hi uh i'm right underneath my bio there's a thing that says ask me and then there's a say hi so you can send the links to me in the dms okay i'll send you a link to audra singing a song from ragtime which is in my opinion her best song her best show it's one of my favorite shows and um it's just it's just the best. So well, I, I didn't really, I didn't really call you to talk about Audrey McDonald, but I was listening to that song. When, uh, but you did want to talk about music, though, right? I do because I just got cast in a show. Oh, nice. Well, do tell more. 
I will because it's so exciting. I um so this is her and Brian Stokes Mitchell. You know him, right? Great Broadway actor. I know the name. I'm not. Some people I know their names, but and I know their faces, but separately. You know, I would, I would if I saw. I promise him. you. I promise you. You will know the voice. So. Hmm. I'll, I'll send you this in the in the chat so you can listen to it later. Um, so I have auditioned, I kid you not, for six theater companies. Three of them are professional paid gigs. Three of them I got callbacks, either on Zoom or in person. Nice. And over the, over the last 18 months, not one person has hired me. Huh. So this, is, this has created a dilemma in my heart of, you know, about four years ago, I was in a show where I was able to do it off oxygen. I just kept my oxygen backstage. Every time I went backstage, I hooked up to it, but I did the show just fine. I never missed a performance. I did miss a few rehearsals because I was sick, but I was able to do it. So that really upped my confidence because once I was put on oxygen 10 years ago, I wondered if I was done on the stage, you know, if I just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So I did the show. It was great. I got good reviews. And then I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to be upfront and open whenever I audition about what my disabilities are. I'm just going to lay it out there, put it on my resume. You know, here it is. I'm disabled. Every single company I auditioned for had a guarantee that they welcome, you know, everybody with all abilities. They all give that nod to not discriminating for, against anything. And yet I, I feel like I was discriminated against the last six auditions. You know, like what's going on? So I, I find this company, I kid you not, they're eight miles from my house. They just started a year ago and their whole claim to fame is, um, we accept especially the disabled. Mm. So, so I got cast in the sound of music. And it's closer and to it's, home too. It's close to home. I can totally do it. And I'm so excited because I love being in these types of shows around the holidays especially when there's kids in the cast, like I did at Christmas Carol, which is definitely a kid show. We had so much fun in rehearsals and backstage during the shows. And then like in the intermission, I did all these Christmas songs with a bunch of the kids and it was just joyful, you know? And I spend so much time on my podcast, belly aching about this and that and darkness and, you know, all the child trafficking and all the stuff I talk about that it is such a relief to step out of that world and back into the world of music, which is where I belong. This is where I live. This is my profession, you know, to go be in a show and have that time. It's sacred, you know, to well, just I, have that time. I didn't say it before, but congratulations, Jenny. That's pretty awesome that you get to do that. Oh, it's so exciting. We've got 15 performances all around Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's just you know, the icing on the cake. My two grandchildren were born over the last few weeks. Yeah. And that was awesome. But this is just like next level because it really has restored my hope that I'm, it's not, I'm not giving up, you know, with my theater ambitions. And I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm planning to get healthy. I'm planning to regenerate my body to where I can dance and sing and act off oxygen. That is the goal. Well, I have faith in you, Jenny. I believe that you can do it i'm taking my first tap class i've taken tons of dance and i was a good dancer back in the day but i've never taken a, a formal tap class i've tapped in shows they taught me how to do stuff 
for various shows, but I've never taken a class. I bought my, my first pair of tap shoes. Well, you, I think that you might have be once you do that, you'll have taken one more tap class than I have, and probably <laughs> one more tap class than most people have. Did you know it is the most difficult type of dance to learn? Well, I'm not surprised. It looks difficult to me. It is. It's it's very cerebral. You have to have very good timing, and it, everybody acknowledges in the dance world that it's the most difficult. And I'm like, why not? Why not take an advanced dance class for the theater that specializes in tap? Why not? I'm 55. What am I waiting for? You know? It's time to get real. Take it to the limits. Yep. Mm -hmm. I might have to do it from my walker or with a cane, but that's okay. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, that's, Jenny. That's exactly what I thought when I signed up for the class and then reached out about this show. I'm only in the chorus. I'm, they call it being in the ensemble. Mm. You know, I don't have a, a, a part where I have any lines, but I'll be singing a, a couple of those classic songs and I get to rehearse with all these kids and I'm so excited about it. I mean, that's really great. I, I sang on Sunday. Um, I went to uh, Chesapeake Baptist Church and I went to their Bible study in the morning and then went to their regular service. At, so it was, the Bible study was at 11 and the service was at noon. And, you know, they, we, we sang some songs in the, uh, in the, main, the main service from uh, a nice golden hymnal that was sitting on the the benches out there. I forget. Do what they have a church? Do they have a church choir? Yeah, and the choir was up on there singing in between as we were doing different things. The, the choir was really great. I was sitting right up front. I love church music. I don't. That is. Yeah. When we first, when we first moved here to Colorado, uh, we were tapped to be the choir directors, my husband and I, because we both sing. And so we started immediately started a family choir all ages and families came and then I started a youth choir that was on Sunday afternoons for the rehearsal here at, here at our condo and then we started a big family choir with the whole crowd uh, the whole Longmont area which is in North Boulder County and it, all this music was just going when I got really sick and then COVID hit mm. so I haven't really I haven't really done any church music since but man it was so fun especially the youth choir those kids were amazing well, this is my first time doing church music in a long time. And looking at the paper, like, I, I, I forgot at first that I, I knew the basic, what the basic uh, um, note lengths were, you know, uh, half notes, quarter notes, um, full notes. And so it was easy for me to sing along once I heard the melody go, you know, past once I was able, it was pretty easy to follow. And so that was, it was fun. Yeah, the good thing about Christian hymns is that they're very repetitive. Yeah. Three or four verses, three or four verses, you know, you can pick them up quick. Well, that is awesome. You have to record yourself singing at church. I, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll definitely get, uh, let's see if I can. Just do a, do a wisdom show and just turn on the sound while you're at church. I'd love to hear it. Oh, yeah, that's not I'd a bad idea. I'd love to hear it live. We haven't gone to church for a couple of years because uh, first I was really sick and then my husband's been sick and we just haven't, we haven't gone back yet. We do church here at home. We read scriptures every night and then on Sunday we do the sacrament, but we haven't really gone back to church yet since the whole COVID thing. 
Yeah. Um, I hadn't, uh, yeah, I hadn't been for a long time. Matter of fact, the guys who invited me, I was a little bit, um, a little bit uh, standoffish to them at first. And then, um, but then as, so it was, I was doing, it was going to be my last Uber ride for the morning. And I picked up these two young guys. Um, maybe couldn't have been more than one of them, at least late teens, the other one, early twenties, maybe. And I picked them up from the Lynn Haven mall and, and they immediately told me, Oh, we're going to church. And they were dressed in their suits and everything like that. And, and uh, they started talking to me about whether I was saved or not. And I, I, I got a little annoyed at first. And I said, listen, I've been reading my Bible and praying for 30 years. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, but then as we approached and we were getting closer there, something, I don't know why, something just said, just go. So as we were pulling up, they said, oh, you can just drop us off right here. And I said, because um, I was going to park. and said, oh, you don't have to park. You can just drop us off here. I said, well, I'm going to go to service. Said, really? They got really excited. And, oh, that's cute. And then they said, and, and they were they were young guys. Yeah, um, like I said, early twenties, late teens. And then one of the guys stayed in the car with me and showed me where the secondary parking lot was because the the one we pulled up in at first was already full. And so, um, then, um, yeah, I went in and they said, "Well, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna stay. Uh, it's." It's, it's Bible study right now. I said, I'll do Bible study. And they said, because they were, they were telling me I could come back, um, you know, later for the the service at noon. But I was thinking, I'm already here. What am I going to do? I might, might as well go to Bible study, too, and see what they're talking about over there. What, what book of the Bible were they studying? Um, whatever one, the story of David and Goliath, is that Ephesians or something? Yeah, that's in the Old Testament. I can't remember which book it is myself, but we're studying the New Testament right now. We're in the Galatians or something like that. It was one of those uh, Ephesians or something. It, it was it was near. Well, you know what? I'm not going to pretend to remember. I know where the heck it was, but it was fun because a few interesting things happened. One, um, the pastor was up there, and he was. Um, he was he's he was he later told me that it was something he normally doesn't do but every once in a while he mixes it up so that it doesn't get too boring or whatever and so he chose the tallest person in the class to play goliath and you know he read his measurements from the book and everything like that and then he put him up on a ladder and then they duct taped these two pillows to his shins and basically recreated the armor that he was wearing and his height and everything like that and then i'm the newbie there so you know, they were asking for volunteers, so I was David. And um, oh, fine. And so they read, and then you know, and at the end, I got I had a towel and a and a tennis ball, and I got to use it as a sling and flung it at him, you know, to recreate the whole scene. And um, and did you whack him whack him in the forehead? No, it actually hit him in the balls. <laughs> he was up on a ladder on the other side of the room. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, hitting the ball with the ball, but um, <laughs> but uh, the other thing that was very interesting is that we were sitting there, I, and I I don't. This is something that I always do. I sat right in the front, so I was right 
right up close to the pastor. And um, he asked, oh, so so first he um, asked if anybody had like cards, like a guest card. He was like, and he gave this whole spiel. As he said, you know, I, uh, I found this old briefcase on the side of the road and I filled it up with some stuff. So whoever's new here, if you have a, um, an invitation card, you know, bring it up and you can dig around and pick something out of it. So one other guy went up and grabbed something and I went up there and it was a slingshot, uh, a, a real slingshot, a daisy slingshot. And, um, hey, Mojo, I see you there. Um, I'll be with you in a moment. I'm chatting here with Jenny for a little bit. Um, and so I got the slingshot and I put it on the seat next to me. And then the next thing, as I'm sitting there, he says, are there any birthdays coming up in here? And I think a couple people behind me, cause I was in the front, so I didn't see anybody behind me. Might've raised their hand. And then he, and I raised my hand, of course, cause it was my birthday. And he says, Oh yeah, when's your birthday? And I said, Oh, it's today. And then he pulled out this, this confetti like gun thing and like exploded this confetti all over the place. So it was pretty <laughs> hilarious. And it got all over me and they actually got three photos of it. Oh my gosh. What, how old are you? What, was it really your birthday? Yeah, it was my birthday. It was Sunday, September 17th. Yeah. So oh, happy birthday. Well, thanks. I, um, you know, don't make a big deal out of it. I'm not a, a Scrooge about it or anything like that, but I just, you know, it was just uh, what it was. Well, you know, Hakeem, I met my husband at church. Sometimes magical things happen in church. Yes. Uh, I, I, I can imagine that. I mean, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, um, there's definitely a lot of a lot of people there who with a common interest, you know, they're there to worship the Lord and, you know, study together the Bible, you know, it makes sense that there would be some folks there who find common ground and, you know, especially something as, as uh, probing and deep as religion, you know, um, so, so I got this confetti all over me. I got a picture. Actually, I'm, I'm I have this going on and Colin too. So I put it as the, the image for Colin, one of the pictures with the confetti flying all over me over there. Um, and uh, yeah, then I went, you know, after we did that Bible study and put the slingshot in my trunk, it's a real, it's a real daisy slingshot. I, I never had one of those. It's really cool. I might go play with it out in the woods somewhere. Um, yeah. You get an unruly Uber passenger. <laughs> say, I'm going to pull over, sir. And get something out of my trunk. <laughs> unruly uber passengers um and uh yeah it's and then um i got another part of the story to tell you but i want to what we'll do is we'll play um musical chairs a little bit i want to see please stay and i know you wanted to talk for a bit but i got another part of the story to tell you and i'm going to bring mojo up here i'm going to swap you guys out real quick and then bring you back up and see what mojo has to say um sounds good all right so Let's see, Mr. Mojo. And um, also, um, Peter is here. <laughs> What's up, Peter? Peter's here on Colin. How you doing, man? What you doing? What's going hey, on? Hey, good evening. I saw you were playing a recording, ha- Hakeem. <laughs> so I'm on the phone um, with uh, Jenny. Is that what happened? 
Uh, well, Jenny's on the Wisdom app, which is another talk app similar, well, not very similar to Colin where you are oh, now, but okay. it only has one speaker. Oh, nice. And, uh, uh, yeah, I actually was yeah. thinking about the uh, uh, try uh, trying out the alternative to call in, just you know for the day when they formally shut it down. You know. <laughs> well, wisdom is interesting in that you know you won't have a lot of cross talking because it only has you as the the host, and then you have one guest at a time. So you know people can send you as many messages as they want in the back chats, but there's no talking over each other so that's what's cool about it and i got mojo over here on wisdom hey where'd mojo go mojo mojo left he jumped out of the, out of the sea uh, well it was nice of you to uh, think about coming up mojo and i got Mar well, mary Kay's here um so we're gonna say hello to mary Kay and mojo if you're still around I couldn't sit. I can't sit, but I know the buttons. You know the what? I don't know what you guys are. The, your voice. Oh. I know your voice. At mm. one point, you went on the microphone, I think. Did oh, you? Uh, maybe. I, 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 oh, I, I did some singing over on maybe. Uh, are you talking about on um, on Clubhouse? No, no, my dear. I, I only. I started talking to you before Curtis Chain passed away. Do you remember? Of course. We, I, you, I spoke to you, you know, you were one of the very first people I spoke to when I got yeah. on, on, uh, wisdom back in, uh, I think it was August of 2022 or something like that. Cause I got on, uh, I got on Colin, uh, Colin in May and then wisdom I was invited to in August. Yeah. You were one of the first people I talked to. Possibly. Could be. You may be right. I'm not quite sure. You may be right. Be right. You may be crazy. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just want to come up and say hi. Well, I'm glad that you did. I don't even know what the topic is. Actually. I just I put, can't see. I, I don't just, have my glasses. I just wrote muscle and music because Jenny. Oh, oh uh, muscle. Muscle is brain. Uh, uh, your brain is pure muscle, by the way. Music. Uh, those who don't know it. Oh my God, who are these people? Um, music uh, uh, simulates the muscles. Oh, definitely. I don't know how uh, American people say it, you know. Mojo would know better than me. You guys would know better than me. Yeah, it is like a stimulation notes or whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's all. M music. It's incredible. Music is incredible, and so is muscle. It is brain power. Definitely, That's what they call it these days. Definitely very stimulating and um, and invigorating. Music That's is, the word I was looking for. Invigorating. Music is healing. It's creative. It's uh, it uh, evokes emotions and uh, uh, in all areas. I mean, we don't just have one emotion, you know. Definitely uh, not. Uh, we have like science has not been able to determine emotion yet but there are people who know everything but well they're, they're, uh, and music uh, music is the same well they you know science scientists like to tell us that they're getting close though they're mapping the mind and mapping the brain in all kinds of ways so we'll see what they do they're they're trying everybody's trying to the best 
the best way they can, the best knowledge that they have. And it's not easy being a scientist. Well, we're all looking for the same things. The, yeah, the, we're all looking for the same The secrets things. of the universe and everybody wants there to... There is no secrets. This is the secret. Akimali, this is what I've learned. And I'm older than you, so listen to me. All right. You live, you experience, you eat, you sleep, you drink, you shit. And one day we're going to die. So sometimes it's, a, you know, we work so hard to achieve what our dreams are and we do accomplish it and uh, all of us we leave a legacy we always live uh, by our, our true selves um, uh, of course we're always told you know by certain uh, professions to do this to do that mm. which I'm not buying into that shit anymore this business shit and currency and all that. And I know you know about currency. I mean, a little bit. It's, it's just a fake knowledge. It's being put in us. So do I. I love it. I work with it. It's fascinating. I mean, I don't think anything's fake or illusory. No, Everything's no, no. just as, as real as anything else because it exists. But humans, we're just making up all this stuff as we go along on Earth. But I know what you, I understand what you mean. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, maybe I'm not using the correct words because my English is like a, a fourth, fifth, no, you're, sixth you're, vocabulary. Your English is but fine. You know, um, you're I using the same terminology that most people use when they're oh, saying that. So you're, you're, but it's you're on par. Yeah. It's intriguing. And the convictions that our beliefs are so strong, but you know, what exactly are we believing in? That's the, there's the rub. What is it? Who are we really believing in? What is the knowledge or the wisdom? Where is it coming from? Do you want to live my life? Do I want to live yours or your beliefs or anyone that's here or there and everywhere in our families? our friendships and our societies. Uh, it's complex. Yeah. It's complex. It's complex. And, uh, make it. So, uh, I don't know what more to say, but, uh, well, well, you know, I'm glad you came up to say hi. So, yeah, I just want to so, come up and say hello. Hello, Mary Kay. I see that you changed hey, your hello. name, your name back, and came came out of hiding. Except you still don't have a profile picture. No, no, I only did that because I freaking got uh, mass. Uh, uh, not everybody's friendly on wisdom or any app or any society or any part of the world. No, so I kind of changed it. Well, yeah, I and mean, those who witnessed it, nobody defends it because they want to be a nice guy. Nobody's a nice guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not have anybody be a nice guy. And all those guys that are nice, well, in my opinion, not even wisdom. It's controlled. I, I truly do believe wisdom is controlled. And it's just not one person's app. Uh, nothing is one person. Well, uh, but it's a good thing. You know, yeah, 
I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into the negativity. Well, that's uh, but there is always separation, division, and there is always, uh, you know, those whatever. You know, I'm not a social media entrepreneur. Uh, but it's a good thing that I'm on it. Yes. We're glad, yeah. glad to have you. I'm glad that you and I have this together. So that's the go. And I'll be back, hopefully. All right, Mary Kay. Look forward to it. And uh, Mojo, if you're there and you wanted to come back up, I don't know what you wanted to add about muscle and music. Anything there, it's kind of random. But Jenny is here, and I got Peter still hanging out with me here. Peter, I've been learning a lot from Peter on um, Colin. This guy is like the real news, like for real. Like, like he, he does, I don't know, he does some extensive research into things and then has these at length conversations about some of the most interesting things that I hear about that, you know, you're not, you're not hearing that kind of depth on the, in a news story. So it's kind of good to hear, refreshing to hear this uh, current events. Hey, Jenny, welcome back. You should have been on the show that he did this morning. It was really good. I think I might have popped in a little bit because I was, I was hanging out with Danny, um, in a room that she was and fussing with people. People were fussing with me all night last night. It's hilarious. <laughs> did was, Danny host another all nighter? Uh, it was pretty long. Like I was, I was hanging out with her until probably eight o'clock this morning. Wow. I just can't do that. I've got to get my sleep or I go bananas. I know too, but for some reason, I'm like amped up. I'm going to probably sleep for a little bit and then drive for a bit. Yeah, you must take good care of yourself. Don't do that overnight. Um, my sister, I don't know what she's doing. I'm just taking her to the airport. And Peter just said, yeah, I agree with you, Peter. You got to take care of yourself. I know. I just... Sometimes I have these insomniac spells and I actually did try to go to sleep, but it just didn't happen. Um, I, you know, I just got into a bunch of stuff and I don't feel sleepy, tired. Like, you know how sometimes you get so tired and you, you, you're having a hard time keeping your eyes open and whatever, but that hasn't been happening, but I'm sure it'll, it'll catch up with me and I'll get some good rest. Um, if nothing else, I, I'll just hold off driving or working tonight and then just go pick up my sister to take her to the airport in the morning. So. It's good. Well, the main reason I wanted to do this with you is to hasten the day when I can get the live feature on wisdom. Oh. So can you give me any advice? Um, well, I saw that you did um, uh, add some links and things like that. Um, and you got the purple star. Oh, I did. Which okay. You, which you didn't have, have before. So that's good. So because they want you to, you know, wisdom, one of the things I saw when I was looking at the Social Audio Inc. website and the uh, the consortium, I forget what it's called, that they use as their safety and communications um, third party. Um, one of the things that they said is that, you know, you'll get the purple star when you um, when you, you know, link your social media so that they can know that you're a real person and know who you are. Um, right. And then from there, um, I think one of the other things to do would just also be whenever you get a chance, if you hear anybody uh, talking about anything interesting or you have something to add, just go up on and be a guest just like you are now on my talk and, you know, give some of your, as you always are and have, you know, your own authentic and, uh, you know, well-meaning input or maybe not so well-meaning. 
I only troll. I only troll uh, pharmaceutical people. <laughs> well, Peter over here sells. Doesn't he do work? Peter, don't you do work for pharmaceutical companies? Do you troll Peter? <laughs> I didn't know that was his profession. Maybe I'll have to <laughs> jack it up a level. <laughs> No, I'll put you kidding. on the spot, Peter. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and so that's one way. And there are um, a few people, some like goose music. And there are some people who um, do Bible readings and studies. So although, um, so maybe you might have some input to that um, as well when you hear them coming on in the morning. There's, uh, I'm always... I'm always nervous about that because so many of those fundamentalist Christians hate Mormons. As soon as I tell them my faith, they just get really kind of antsy. So well, it's not, it's not comfortable, but I'll check it out. Yeah. I'd love to talk to people about music and the arts anyway. It's really people my passion. will be as they are. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't, every once in a while when, when I had more, when I wasn't as directed on a lot of the other stuff I'm doing now, I would go and just say hi to him, even though for a while I've been very antagonistic towards religion. Even when I first met you, I was in a tizzy. I was uh, on Colin. I was, I was bad. I was, I was very angry, God-hating Hakeem. Well, the night you shared your song, the one you wrote in the cemetery, um, I felt like I got a, just a little, you know, peek into your soul of what was, what was happening there. And I've held you up in prayer. You know, I've just prayed for you that you would find peace somehow. And so I like the idea of you hanging out with some believers because the, there's no doubt in my mind, they've been praying for you all week, whether you know it or not. Well, there's that's, one guy. That's just what they do. There's one guy, Sean, who's been texting me and keeping up with me. He invited me to go to um, Bible study tonight at seven, but I just knew that I wasn't going to be up for that, um, just because um, I was recording my reading and I really got excited about that Wealth of Nations earlier. That was like a really great. That's actually probably my favorite chapter out of all of it. He just he he was saying some of the same stuff over and over again in different ways, but. It, it, it was like a summary of everything that I had come to conclusions about yep. as well. You know, didn't you, didn't you kind of feel him spanking the people who inherit their wealth, who are not good stewards? Yes, I did that. And he, what's interesting is that there was a guy last night, Isaac, who was in Danny's room and he was saying that, Hey, there's Danny, by the way. And, um, and he was saying that, uh, what did he say about um, about uh, Adam Smith? He's like he said something like he was like a psychopath or a social. I can't remember his exact words were. Um, but uh, oh, Mojo's back. Mo Mojo disappeared real quick. But he was. All right, if you want to, if you want to pull him up, I'll, yeah. I'll drop down. Yeah, and I'll and I'll just holler back at you in a second. Let's see what Mojo's got. All right, Jenny, thank you. Be right back here. Thank you. All right, uh, Mojo. What's going on here? Come on, Mojo. Oh, there we go. And a three, two. Why is it holding in a one pattern right there? Oh, there we go. Let me get Mojo in there. All right. But yeah, so 
Um, but it's interesting. Hey, Mojo, how you doing? Great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. For a person, <laughs> I, I'm still laughing from your David Glass story. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was... fling the tennis ball and hit him in the nuts. That's that's got to be the best reenactment of David and Goliath I've ever heard. It was. I wish I had been there. It was pretty funny. It was. Pretty... And did Goliath double over in pain? You know, fortunately, it was a, a tennis ball, and he <laughs> and he was wearing armor. Okay. So. It was like so maybe that's his his shin pads were um, two pillows <laughs> that they had taped to his legs, and then there was a, a food tray that was like a like a breastplate. <laughs> And then he had, um, oh no! And then and then there was like another bigger thing that they had that was like the shield because they describe in in detail, you yeah. know, right. what Goliath, you know, was wearing, and he had a, yeah. he had a shield holder guy who was there, and so they had another guy doing that. It was so it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's an illustration. Those kids or adults or whoever it was will never forget. Oh, they were they were all adults. Um, but we, we, the way you described it sounded to me like a Sunday school class for kids. That's what I would do back in the day. I'd get the kids standing on the ladders and dressed in the pillows. And the yeah, well, like I was saying stuff. to uh, Jenny earlier, the pastor said he just likes to make. He's like, we don't. He was like, we don't do this all the time. He's like, so don't don't don't, don't feel <laughs> weird. He's like, I just I just mix it up every once in a while, and you just happen to be here on one of the days that I was doing. I said, I don't. I was like, I'm cool. I'm cool with me. I mean, it, it helped well, me to remember the story a little bit more. You know. Okay. Did you did you grow up in a certain religious tradition as a kid? My dad, uh, no, they 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 didn't have forced us to go to church or anything. But my dad is, you know, I think Catholic. I never we never really talked about it. But I mean, every time I'd wake up in the morning to go to school or whatever I was doing, he would be sitting there with a cup of coffee and his Bible reading it. But he's yeah. always he's always he's the person probably I got my reading. Like, you know, enthusiasm from because he was always reading something, if not the Bible, it was something, some book about natural herbs or this or that. Yeah. But, you know, I remember going to church once or twice as a little kid. And then I met a bunch of guys who were Christians in um, in high school. And so then we used to go to youth groups and go to all these different events and stuff like that. Right. And I explored a bunch of different churches, but I, you know, I, I was never really into it. But a lot of very interesting things happened around religion like certain events where i remember one time i was really just down and out and i was at the beach in in, um north fort lauderdale and i actually just fell down at the edge of the sand on the concrete on my knees and i was just frustrated and crying and and then uh, you know talking to god and then these two guys from the international church of christ came out and invited me i mean it turned out to not be the best experience but I learned a lot of stuff from there, and then I explored the Mormons and Jehovah's Witness, and and then a bunch of Buddhist uh, groups and all kind of stuff. And then I just finally said to myself, "Now I'm done." Well, uh, I, I just want to pay you a few compliments, Sicky. But I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a long time. Uh, but whenever I hear you talk, I'm always just in awe of your your thirst for knowledge, your thirst for growth. Uh, not just your, that you're an avid reader, but you are actually an avid digester. I know a lot of readers who could never summarize or articulate what they just read like you do. So kudos to you for, for one, being such a voracious, uh, having such a voracious appetite for experience and for knowledge. Not just books either, because I've heard you tell stories of several of your epic adventures. <laughs> and and, and I, I just love that explorer, discoverer 
side of you. I, I can identify with it in many respects. Well, I appreciate uh, that. It just, it just brings up the, the, the little kid in me that wants to go, you know, try something new all the time. So that, that's pretty awesome. Well, that's cool, Mojo. And, you know, I'm starting to come around to you. I, I for a while, was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm really, I, I'm kind of suspicious of Mojo. I don't know why. But I I'm can like, tell. I'm like, but I just, I don't know. But after that, in like just building up after a while, and after that little roundabout that happened uh, a couple nights ago on um, on Daryl with the Dashes show, yeah, yeah, with um, Chris, Chris Brickenbine, yeah, and then Chris was up there, and just that exchange that we had flowing off each other's information. I was like, I don't know, maybe Mojo's all right, maybe it's all right. Maybe. Just, you, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, just full transparency. This is a lot, a lot of months ago now. Uh, I felt like the few times that I did engage with you, you're kind of dismissive of me. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Possible. Entitled, entitled to their perspective, which is, I mean, you weren't disrespectful, but just not engaged. And that's, that's totally cool. But you were engaged a couple nights ago, as you said, in that round round talk. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to say, because I never really got a chance to tell you how much I, I admire and enjoy uh, the way you articulate things and just your breadth of knowledge and your curiosity, because I know too many people that have as much knowledge as you have but then they become pretty prideful in that, you know, they kind of use it as a, I don't know, as a badge of honor or something, but I don't get that from you at all. I get, I get you just full on curiosity mode. If you learn this, because you want to learn more and you share it really, I really enjoy this with you, Todd. Well, I appreciate it. And I have been enjoying hearing you talk and sharing as well. And, um, but yeah, you, you, you know, if you go on a different platform on, on Colin, you might hear me being a little, uh, a little arrogant people have, have uh, called me out and stuff like that. But you know, I am what I am. I, I, I know that I'm yeah. not trying to harm anybody. So I don't really care. Well, my take on that, Akeem, is that uh, I've come to find out and, and I, I've been suffering from, you know, the disease to please my whole life. Uh, but I've had to adopt this mindset that haters are going to hate. And that's really a reflection of them, not me. So I just got to bless and release them. Yeah. And in fact, as Daryl told me once in a talk on wisdom, he said, Mojo, because I paid him a compliment or something, I was reflecting on something he said. He said, Mojo, I am who you think I am, right? And he wasn't saying that he was being a chameleon. He was just saying that, uh, you know, I, my perception is how I experienced Daryl. It's how I experienced you for that matter. Yeah. And then you've allowed, you've allowed yourself to shift your perception because you kind of had some suspicions or whatever. And then you're like, well, maybe he's not so bad. So that's, you, that's again another compliment to you because you haven't locked in and drawn a firm conclusion to say, well, you know, this isn't anybody I'm interested in ever listening to. So, uh, another compliment to you, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. I much appreciate it. And uh, so, speaking... how, did, how did you come up with this title, Muscle and Music? Well, I love both of the, those words, but how do they go together? <laughs> well, first, I want to <laughs> say, um, I see you in the queue, Wandering Fool. Um, but ah, um, Jenny has. Yes, Cicely Marie Goose is there. But um, Jenny Hatch from Colin, who's been speaking with me here when I first started, she was, was um, you know, on the talk earlier when I was reading from Wealth yeah. of Nations again. And she just right. said, you know, she'd like to, to, and I actually invited her. I said, hey, well, you know, welcome okay, up here. Cool. But And I said, hey, you know, let's uh, have a talk. And when, when I messaged her over in Colin, I said, what would you like to talk about? She said, music. So... I was going to put something like uh, musing about music, but I thought that's just a little bit too, <laughs> too cute. Yeah, so I, so I thought uh, I will, um, wow, that is a very big military helicopter. Run for your life. 
I love those things, man. Um, yeah, me too. They're so cool. And uh, so I just, she said music, and I just thought, okay, we'll, we'll just do, uh, I'll just put muscle in music, because I might end, end up talking about, about fitness at some point in time. So Muscle and music. I just think that's a classic combination. So, hey, if, if Jenny's waiting, like she's your guest, I'll, I'll bow out and she come back in. I was really enjoying well, I got, I got uh, Cicely Marie Goose is okay. here. Yeah, and then um, I'm... I'll, I'll, I'll check back later if I can. All right, brother. Thanks for stopping Thanks. by. Yep. And uh, Miss Cicely Marie Goose, a.k.a. Wandering Fool, is coming up to say hey and hello. And um, I got Danny, Peter, and hey, North. What's up, North? And Pickle. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? Matthew Lynch, I saw a title that wasn't more. <laughs> I said, like, what you talking about today? <laughs> you, mean, you, got going you mean like my lengthy titles? With wealth attraction research and all this stuff stuffed in there. Yeah. Audio Inc. Unique Reloader. He must be having a shorter discussion. Oh, well, it, it may not turn out to be that way. Oh, by the way, I did see uh, you texted me the other day, and I looked at it as I often do, and then got going on to something else, and and then I felt like you had went to sleep, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to say hello. And I was like, well, oh, I'll call him if I really need anything. That was too. Because Danny, over on Colin, I was on on a, on a room with her and I did fall asleep. She said she had to mute me because I was snoring. So <laughs> I figured, but I was like, let me see what my friend doing. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, I, I kind of. I was on the. Oh, go ahead. I was on the second part of. A split shift, and I was like, "He might be awake. He might not. We gonna see." And um, I had texted just earlier with uh, Cecilia Grace, um, just right before you texted me, I think, because um, because I woke up around maybe one, anywhere between one or three in the afternoon, and saw your message. But then I was in the middle of getting food, whatever, blah blah blah, all this stuff, and you know, but. I've been, I've been looking he at. Never uh, let me know. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so good. My friend Dylan, she was, she texted me one day when we we're supposed to meet up, and then I never met up with her. And then she called me, and then I didn't answer the phone because I was doing something else. And then she texted me again and said, "I'm concerned, Hakeem." So as soon as I was done doing what I did, I said, "All right, I need to call her real quick." So it's, and I explained to her too, I was like, it's not just you. I'm just an idiot when it comes to that. Sometimes I just, I'm like, uh, I don't have any, what am I going to say right now? What am I talking to them about? I don't know what's happening. If it's an emergency, then they'll put 911 in the message or something. It wasn't a 911 kind of message. Anytime I open up and do a reading for somebody, it kind of sticks in my mind. I'm like, how does this situation play out? Hmm. Say more. It's like when I open my energy and I use it in that manner, I oftentimes draw a connection to the situation. So I have to be careful. That's why you don't often hear me do readings. Mm. Not outside of myself. And I was like, why am I still thinking about this? Oh, because he didn't give me an update. Let me see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am. I was just the same thing I was doing every day. I worked out, ate some food, uh, went to the bookstore, drive Uber, 
uh, talk to some clients. Um, it's just, there's just always something like today I got caught up in the morning cause I, I hadn't read from wealth of nations for a while. So instead of going to sleep, I went to the bookstore and sat down in there. And then I set up this elaborate setup with, uh, a Tascam stereo, dual microphone, stereo recorder, and hooked that into my laptop and opened up Spreaker and then used another lapel microphone to go into to wisdom and then use my headset microphone to go into call in and just to do some random experiment while I was reading to see what would happen. And it worked out pretty well, but the setup took forever because I was trying to figure out how to do what and plug in what, where, and, but it worked out and, you know, so you got an extra mic this time because last time I checked, you had two. Um, I have at least six microphones, but one of them I've had for a long time is a Zoom H6N, and then I have a Tascam one that I got from Guitar Center, like back in January, because um, I was going to use it to record. Well, I did use it to record my friend Sarah singing. And then, uh, and and then I had some other lapel mic that I found at Office Depot when I was there, and um, and then and then I have the headset. I, I got a new um, uh, J Labs Go Work headset, but like an updated version than the rinky dinky little one that I had. So I was just trying that out too. So you got a full setup and no crew. Yeah. That's basically where, where it's at. Um, Jenny says, thanks for the wisdom help. Happy birthday. Oh, she's got to run. All right, Jen. All right. Jen's, Jen's always kind of busy. Um, uh, she's got her family and all kinds of interesting adventures going on. And I got some birthday wishes from Cecilia Grace. Missed your birthday. Happy birthday. You missed it because I don't talk about it. That's why. And now that it's after. I was just going to say you never told us. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all I do. I don't, I don't just not answer my text messages. I also don't communicate about a lot of things. Like, <laughs> you would have got at least a birthday serenade. But I was going to tell Jenny something. That happened on the day, Sunday, when I went to that church, the, the Chesapeake Baptist Church. But I guess I'll have to save it for later and keep you all on a cliffhanger. Um, Not a cliffhanger. No. Of, what, of what happened at the end of the uh, of the, the evening. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to save it. And uh, it's going to hold on to that little bit of information. But the, the one thing is that the guy, um, Sean Jolly, he really broke down the whole idea of salvation through Jesus Christ in a way that I've that helped me to understand it better than I ever have, because he wasn't just talking out his mouth from his own opinions. He was actually going through scripture from the King James version of the Bible. Like very, like, I was like, how do you don't even have bookmarks? How are you doing this? Right. <laughs> and, and, and he went through it and, and showed me some stuff. And I was just intrigued because a couple things have happened recently that made me feel like there's something going on, like something's communicating with me. So a couple weeks ago, a guy walked up to me when I was at the Barnes and Nobles and came up to me when I had the tarot cards on. He says, he says, what's this? And I said, they're tarot cards. And then he asked me a, what I thought was a silly question. And he says, do you know what those are? 
And I said, yeah, I just told you they're tarot cards. And then I just kind of felt a vibe and I looked over at him. I said, I said, look, brother, if this is some Jesus thing, I'm not making time for this right now. I'm packing up. As you can see, the bookstore is closing and I got to go. And so he went on to the other side of the table and he had somehow like, like a, it felt like a cartoon character, how they just pull out like a, like a big giant hammer or some giant thing from nowhere. I was like, where did you get? And he had this big giant like uh, sketch pad and he started writing something on it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, I got to hurry and get out of here right now. So I packed up my stuff and went to my car, which I parked it further away than I usually do from the bookstore. It was like 50 yards away. And I usually park it right in front of the, the front entrance. And by the time I packed my stuff in the car, I looked up and I felt him again. He was right there. He followed me to my car. And, and I'm, 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 I said to him, man, what, what are you doing? I was like, you need to go away right now. I get from behind my car because I got to back up. And he just stood there looking at me. And I pulled out my, I wasn't going to spray him. I really wasn't. But I pulled out my mace. <laughs> I pulled out my mace and I pointed at him. And for a second, he kind of flinched. But then he just stood his ground. And I'm like, all right. I was like, what do you, what do you, why are you doing this? He's like, because I love you, brother. I'm like, oh. oh. And, uh, I, and, but then I still took off and went away. <clears throat> and then, um, very shortly after that, I think the next week, I met this Filipino woman there, and then so then we had like we sat down and had uh, like a little a little chat date, and then she kept on going on about how she's looking for a man of God and how she hopes that she can find one, and she's had relationships not work out before, but she's hopeful and faithful, and she just kept on talking about that. And the thing was, when she was saying it, I wasn't put off by it. Because she was just, she wasn't putting it on me. I'm sitting there wearing my spike gauntlets and, you know, my big African bead chain and wearing all black and whatever else is going on with me. And she was just chilling. Oh, yeah, you got that one. You know, she didn't make any, you know, derogatory comments about it or say, or even look like she was uncomfortable about it. She was just sitting there. Had, we, we had a conversation. We sat down and talked for probably two or three hours. And... Um, and, you know, she was saying she might be interested in if, you know, seeing what could happen between us and then, you know, wanted to go on a second date or whatever, but which never happened. She's texted me a couple of times, but that was interesting because I didn't feel any kind of apprehension or standoffish about how she kept on talking about finding a man of God and how she was a devout Christian and all that stuff like that. So, um, and then something else went down i think I, I can't remember what it was oh oh yes so now i'm all the way in richmond virginia and i'm at it's at a location called short pump of all the interesting names and um and this guy uh a, a, an, an older uh black gentleman comes in and comes over to me and says i see that you're busy i know i've I seen you before at the other location over um by a uh, willow lawn um, which is not close, not, but I mean, not that close. It's probably like, well, I mean, it takes a long time for some reason in the traffic when I went from one location to the other, but it's only about six miles away, but it takes like 25 minutes in, on that big, that road called Broad Street in um, Richmond. And he says, I saw you driving by and I, I recognized your car from when I saw you before. And from when I saw you in the Barnes and Noble, I just wanted to talk to you about what you're doing and this and that. And then, you know, Busted out the Bible, sat down, talked to me. 
And then I very quickly realized, because all the stuff he was saying also, he was one of these people, he went from verse to this, to this, that. And then I very soon recognized when it, when, it, when he got to the number 144,000, I was like, oh, you're Jehovah's Witness. Because one of my uncles, uh, or both of them, two of them on my mom's side are, are or were Jehovah's Witnesses. And, but then I started getting really antsy because I have like this internal clock and I wanted to start doing my recordings. And he just wouldn't stop. And I said, look, give me your number or something like that. But I, I'm, as you can see, I'm, I'm not paying attention anymore because I was really engaged to what he was saying and how he was explaining stuff. Because I like when people can piece together different parts of the Bible like that to sh tell stories. But then I, it just got to a point where I was just had enough. So that was one, two, three in a row. And then on Sunday, my last ride with Uber of the day, pick up these two young kids and they happened to be going to church and they started talking to me. And I was at first, I was a little pushing back against them, but, but they left me alone after I said, look, I've been reading the Bible and praying for 30 years. I don't want to talk about this. And they just kept quiet. And I kind of felt that they maybe felt a little uncomfortable that I did that. And I was like, Oh man, I just, you know, hurt these little kids feelings or whatever. But I stopped thinking about it partway to the record. It was a little long ride from Lynn Haven mall to Chesapeake. Um, it's a 25 or 30 mile ride or something like that. And so, but by the time I got there, I just decided to go to both the Bible study and the service and everybody was really cool. And I actually just, I mean, I, I felt like I didn't feel any, but it was like they were right at the edge of some of them being a little bit too enthusiastic, but it wasn't uncomfortable. And the music was good and everybody was really friendly. And I just thought, okay, you know, it was, it was cool. And then, and the whole David and Goliath thing, and I got a slingshot out of it and, you know, confetti all over me. And, you know, and um, I like that they used the King James Bible. That's my preferred Bible to use. Um, and uh, even though I'm, I don't uh, claim a religion. I just every once in a while study interesting stories, like Vlad over on uh, on Colin. Um, he one day asked me to read um, the Doom of Sodom from uh, the Bible, and when I read it, it was just so awesome. Like the story is crazy, and that's kind of what I like about it. Like they're stories to me, but you know, and I just imagine all kinds of other things in my head going on. But the story of you know, the doom of Sodom is a, is a ridiculous story and it's crazy what happens with Lot and, you know, offering his daughters to this, the whole men of this whole town because they wanted to get with these two guys, these two strangers that were there, which turned out to be either angels or aliens. I don't know. But it's like, no, it's like, no, nah, man, you can't have them. Take my daughters, do whatever you want with them. And they're like, no, nah, we want them. And, you know, then the angels or aliens pulled them inside and then they prepared to they're like these guys are wicked and they you know like like thanos from uh you know in, you know end game like rain fire and so they destroyed the whole town you know nuked the site from orbit and killed everybody while sodom and Gomorrah fled and his wife got turned into some pillar of salt or something and then you know and then later on his daughters you know are like well all the men are dead we're not going to have any offspring let's get dad drunk so they get him drunk in turns one night after the other and get pregnant i'm just like what <laughs> oh yeah it's some wild stories now 
But some of my favorite stories earlier were some of the stuff in Genesis. Um, reading um, the story about Abraham and getting with Sarah, who I think was a bit too young, and uh, and then her dying, and and then having this conversation with this dude at Machpelah, wanting to get a cave to bury her. And hearken unto me, I'll give you this many shekels of silver. No, no, you are my friend. Hearken unto me. And so there's some interesting stories. And the more, and the thing is too, is that because I read so much. I've gotten very familiar with the language in the Bible, so I can actually read it really well to a point where not only that's when I know that I've gotten to a good point in reading something where not only I can understand it and stay focused on it, but other people are listening, have like aha moments. And when they're listening to the reading, so, so I, so I, I just come, come to like it for the stories. Um, but on Sunday, September 17th, Something which happened to be Constitution Day, by the way, because uh, and I remember seeing that in my copy of the Constitution that I keep with me, that it was a very important day in the United States history of the United States. Um, it was also happened to be Sunday and it was just happened to be my birthday when they went there. And then there's something else that happened on that day, which, again, I said, I'm going to leave as a cliffhanger to um, uh, tell later. And I got you can stay up here, but I got Rudy. Over on uh, Colin, I haven't talked to you for a while, Rudy. What's up? How's it going? What is the? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Ah, great, great. How you guys doing? I'm pretty good. Um, I, I hope you don't mind. I was just wanting to ask uh, Peter a question. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what? What's going on, Peter? How you doing? Oh, hey, I'm good. Uh, uh, see ya. Good, good. Uh, hey, Danny, by the way. Um, yeah, so, Peter, I ran across this video. It's about China, and I just don't know how true it is. Supposedly, there's a, 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 a black history. There's a, there are black people in China. There were black people in China at some point in time when was this is it true and it is it was said yeah respond to that first no i don't think so i mean in what region no it was a very short it was one of these instagram videos so i haven't had time to check it oh out. no but supposedly mm -hmm. china had rudy. Um, it was before the joe dynasty or something like that it was the, hey, rudy you should check out, there's this, um, look up Chinese geneticist and African DNA. I don't know if, if Peter, you've seen that, but this Chinese geneticist wanted to study the DNA of people in China to prove that the Chinese people, I don't know if it was specifically Han Chinese people, um, evolved completely independently of all the other races on earth. And from what he found was that they shared a very large amount of their DNA with African people. Supposedly 93%. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. His name is Dr. Chen, I forget, Chang, Chang. I, I know, um, I know this yeah. is that, uh, uh, I, someone told me that, uh, that all the human beings, uh, the, uh, their DNA all can be traced back to Africa. That, that include Asians, uh, Europeans. This is what I learned. But going back to Rudy's question, uh, if you're talking about, uh, 
Is there like a black-skinned Chinese people or ethnicity? Uh, it will have to be in the uh, Indochina area, uh, but but that they are not Africans. That I do know, and uh, I do learn this. There's a Chinese slave owners. There is a Siamese brother. Uh, it, I did not know this until Professor Jiro Horn uh, mentioned it. So I googled it immediately, and there in the U.S. there used to be. A Siamese twin who are Chinese with a Chinese last name, but they came from Thailand and they end up owning slaves. Can you, can you, can you help me out? What does Siamese mean? Meaning these are two brothers are born at uh, joining together. So they oh. become like a, a very popular in the freak shows, you know, you know, in the US, in Europe, like you have a circuit, right? You know, you run animals. So these will be like a rare to find kind of a, you know, a, a specimen. So, they made uh, good money because, uh, you know, people come to see these two uh, brothers uh, born, uh, joined together. And uh, so they made money. Uh, these are, you know, so they end up owning slaves. And uh, I did not know this until Professor Jerome mentioned it. But going back to your story, uh, I usually don't trust the Instagram video because they're too short. I like the YouTube video better because usually, you know, you at least give everybody 10 minutes explanation where you can't you, where you got this story so no i don't think there's a uh now if you're talking about Zhou dynasty it's a long long time ago uh i i uh i never heard of it and uh uh feel free to i dm me the link with the instagram video i'll be happy to watch it and uh, and respond I think, um, you know, the guy was headed towards, you know, the Chinese, you know, sometimes, you know, Chinese erase the African ancestry from their books. But supposedly there are paintings and such, you know, sort of like the, the, the ones that you can find in, um, in, in the Pope's mansion, you know, whatever they call it, in the, in the galleries of the Catholics and such. Um, supposedly they have a lot of paintings and portraits and such uh, depicting I think there was a black um, pope at some point you know, but, I, I know uh, this much is that when this guy Zheng He sailed his uh, fleet to Africa uh, he got uh, all kinds of uh, uh, gift from the African uh, tribal uh, chiefs including elephant giraffe you name it all kinds of stuff now did he bring back any Africans I do not know, you know, but but I do know if uh, if what this Instagram video is true, then when Zheng He say set sail to Africa, he should have a prior knowledge about uh, the the Africans, right? So so I do not know that for sure. However, I do know the uh, the tr uh, Silk Road, the 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 predecessor of a Belt and Road Initiative, they do go all the way to Africa because uh. I, uh, e Egypt has a record, right? Saudi Arabia, this guy MBS, he showed the Xi Jinping a piece of a document that are dated 2000 years ago, showing that Chinese were there, wow. the Chinese merchants were there. This is how, now that it's yeah, it's immense because like you're saying 2000 years ago, some Chinese is already doing business there, so. Chinese. So now who discovered who then? 
there's, a, there's an African guy that goes to London and he discovers the Big Ben and he discovers a bunch of stuff <laughs> and he gives them African names <laughs> and the people say why are you, what are you doing he says I'm discovering <laughs> I'll tell you, every day I will watch a little bit of, of those uh, Chinese video, uh, video, uh, YouTube bloggers uh, doing business or visiting uh, 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 in Africa. It's just an amazing continent. It's a, it just has such a tremendous potential. It's unbelievable. In, um, <clears throat> Peter, need you so much? Uh, that will be a secret, so you can meet me. Guys, uh, Hakeem is asking me for my Chinese name. <laughs> I refuse to give it to him because uh, I want to remain anonymous on calling. <laughs> my apology. <laughs> I thought that's a, that's a controversial commercial, Sorry. right? That, that's been you know, like a long time ago. Um, I w I'm going to say. Maybe 10 years ago. Is that right? I actually, actually heard about Peter, that controversy. No, I agree with the, from, um, you know, look on YouTube. I actually saw that video with this, the Chinese right. geneticist some years ago. And there was a, I a actually, it was, it was a controversy out of that, if I remember correctly. And why he was trying to, you know, test the genetics um, and find that information <laughs> out. So I, I, I do remember that. So it's pretty, you know, sort of, sort of kind of old news what that guy was doing. But, you know, I never saw anything like that in China. What I did see in China was something funny. There was this, this um, no, commercial. I always said, you know, from a person and, to person perspective, and, and any private person can be a racist against there. another private and, person, right? Because um, my Sunday series, we really talk about had, there, what the government should do when things like this happen, laundry. right? And, and um, I don't know if it was for the laundry machine, but the black guy got into the washing machine and she turned it on and then, like, a few minutes later, they showed like a little time lapse, whatever, and then a white guy comes out of the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. But I saw it. Now, I went there first in 2016, and that's when I saw it. So that's like seven years ago. Yeah. When I saw it. She actually yeah. pushed him. He wasn't like he, you know, fell in there. Yeah, yeah, she, she pushed him she, in. Yeah, she, she got kind of <laughs> nasty. It, it, imagine, imagine this cute-looking uh, Asian girl, you know, just out of nowhere, just turned into this monster, just shoved him in there. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. Yeah, pretty, pretty Well, the government shouldn't do it in the first place. Not first. <laughs> <laughs> enough at the government first. Oh, don't marry these people. Don't marry these people. It's against the law. And then later know, on, he comes back and he says, uh, you know, people are, the reason why is because people are racist. You know, Rudy, um, though, when I was in China, though, I got treated like a celebrity, man. It was really cool. Yeah. I had a really great experience when I was there. I had no issues with people. Um, at, That's at, because you are a celebrity. No. No. I just, I just, you know, 
as soon as I got there, I learned how to count and learned how to say different kinds of food and animals and just, you know, that saying, you know, when in Rome, so when in China, be as the Chinese, I just wanted to integrate as much as possible because I already stick out being a brown skinned foreigner in Hawaii. So I just. Man, of course, uh, I was on that. Sugar, do shout, Jen. And then they'll tell me. You know? Yeah, do 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 it's a fun, it's, it's a, I, that's the best I can say about it, I guess. It's a fun language for me. Um, uh, yeah, and then like the yo mayo, like that. Uh, mayo, is, mayo, mm-hmm. like don't, it's not, don't have, like mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. It's very universal. Like your, your mayo and plus the things you're asking for, that will be a perfect yeah. uh, sentence to, to be on the, used on the street with the store, right? Your mayo, mm-hmm. tomato, yeah, mayo, mayo, your mayo, uh, beef, your mayo, uh, uh, hot dogs, you know, your mayo, whatever, yeah. S- uh, soda. Mayo yeah. Mayo yeah. Uh, that what's funny about that is that hot dog is, is in, in, in Putonghua is exactly just the words hot yes. dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like yeah. in English. So yeah. No, it's amazing. Like a KFC in China is like considered to be like a fine dining restaurant. Gourmet. So is pizza. Yeah, exactly. Here, like uh, if you go to KFC or Pizza Hut, like people think you're, you know, you, you're like you're dirt poor. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sicily in in China, I went with Floor a few times to Pizza Hut and. You sit down at a table, you make your order, and then they come and serve you, and they bring it to you, and you know you get a knife and fork, and so you eat it like a like a fine dining. Yeah. <laughs> and KFC, and KFC has all kind. Man, I used to eat KFC all the time. The chicken, and they had all these different varieties of stuff, and chicken burgers and stuff like that. I oh man, it was it because they had a lot of the same items, but with a little bit, but some of them had like a little bit of a Chinese twist. Like there was this one black burger that had like this um like pork pulled fiber it was like a, it was like it was like almost like pork cotton candy is like the kind of texture pork it was. Sauce. no it wasn't sauce it was like cotton candy okay, it was like a floss. oh floss yeah yeah i guess that's that's what would could be it's best translated in a lot of asian countries yeah so and it was you know like pink in color i i never wanted to eat it but i tried it once just to see and it was all right um it's good with rice well i just don't like any products made with pigs in general but that's just me. Um, like like Samuel Jackson said uh, in Pulp Fiction, you know, they asked him, are you Muslim? He's like, no, I just don't dig on swine. <laughs> not the swine. I just don't dig on swine. I'm just not, uh, you know, especially I think maybe in the subconscious mind, because somebody was mentioning this the other day, because there's a lot of um, goofy dudes that go into Rab Fibino's room who talk about cannibalism all the time. I don't know why, but they're, they're like, yeah, and it's called long pig. I'm like human, like human flesh. I'm like, oh man, that's just another reason why I don't, I don't dig on swine. There's too many associations. And also, when I was a, when I was in, in elementary school, we read Animal Farm, and oh yeah, 
the pigs rose up and took over. And but, however, in China, eating pork and pig products is huge. When I was there, I even was at this one mall that that was down the street from from my house, and there was a whole show where there was a guy doing like acrobatics and martial arts dressed as a pig the whole time. And I'm like, how the fuck is this guy doing that with that outfit on? But he was like a ninja pig. And like, you know, he was singing, dancing. There was a lady singing and stuff like that. And it was like this whole show. And the guy was dressed as a pig the whole time. And, you know, they have huge pig farms out there and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, they used to say that there was a beauty regiment about eating pork would make your skin shine and be glossy and it's a chinese beauty regimen yeah well I can't remember the well, countess region. bathory also said that bathing in blood will make your skin look good too but <laughs> am i doing that shit <laughs> no <laughs> countess well it, it, it has a lot of truth in that is this is that uh uh this uh, uh this is probably the most famous critical thinking writer of the modern Chinese history by the name of Lu Xun, uh, where he grows, uh, uh, grew up. Uh, you know, it's so backwards back then in China. This is what you're talking about 1900, uh, 1910, 1911. Uh, if you had a pneumonia, the belief is that, yeah. uh, uh, this is from actually from Chinese uh, herbal, uh, medicine doctor that the prescription is to okay. go to the execution uh uh site and uh get the fresh blood from uh from a human being who was just executed and uh, dip the uh, uh your bread uh, you know uh, in china's bone into the human blood and eat that bread it will cure your pneumonia that's how backwards that's what China is uh, was back then. It's a uh, on YouTube. It's hilarious. They they show those uh, old photos shot by the uh, French, uh, by the German, by the Americans, by the British. Uh, it, it's a sharp, sharp com uh, contrast. It's just uh, there's no it, the word. But check this out though. Go ahead, uh -huh. Peter. That's not as bad as my friend Dylan shared with me the other day when I was talking to her on the phone, and she sent me links to this that in Europe, they used to fucking eat mummies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make pain out of them, too. And so we would have a lot more mummies to study these days if they weren't eating mummies in Europe. So you want to talk about backwards. What the hell? <laughs> they were eating mummies. But a, an interesting thing about Chinese traditional Chinese medicine, so... Acupuncture was very helpful for a friend when she was dealing with some difficulties, um, withdrawing from some some heavy drugs. Um, and um, when I was in Chinatown in Los Angeles, way before I even went to China, this Chinese doctor, when I was walking by her shop, and I just decided because they had like a a, a little um, a booth outside of of, of the, this herbal shop, the Chinese a traditional herbal shop. And she was doing like diagnostic for free, you know, of course, to promote her, her practice and to get clients. So I decided to check it out. And she did the, the tri-pulse technique, like the one that they use in Ayurveda, where they put the three, the pulse on your, the three fingers on your pulse. And just by doing that, after a little while, she says, you have a weak kidneys. You need to take, and she went, offered me some, some pills and some herbs to take. 
and told me about all the stuff I needed to take from it. But I was, I, but I thought at the time I was like, nah, my, I don't, there's no problem with my kidneys. Well, sure enough, I had, I got close to having kidney failure not too long after that. So there's Whoa. something to it. There really is something to it. And the, and, and I'm so stubborn that when I went and confirmed it with Western medical doctors, they were like, you're going to have to, you know, eventually it's going to get so bad. Like you, you have 60 and 40% functionality in your kidneys that you're going to have to be on dialysis for the rest of your life. And I said, well, I'm going to die then. And then what I did was I went on a vegan organic diet and I lasted eight and a half months. But by the time I was done, all the kidney issues went away and it, and, um, so, and, but, but I do know I have a propensity for it as Dr. Hyla Cash from UCLA would say is that for some conditions, there's not a cure. You still might have a propensity for it. So you have to be careful. So it's also one of the reasons too, I'm very careful about how I eat and what I put in my body as well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, maybe backwards, as Peter was saying, in some places with the, and, you know, Peter's from China and the dipping of the buns in blood, which I'd never seen any shit like that. But, um, also the, the, apparently the, the diagnostic in the Chinese traditional medicine is very advanced because the woman discovered a kidney issue long before Western medicine did long before my even body, my own body did. So, uh, oh yeah, I'm. Uh, 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 be negative about the Chinese medicine. In fact, uh, this uh, a Russian family who lives in. Uh, uh, I keep forgetting the name of 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 this country, South uh, Asian country. Anyway, he has uh, a lot of children. He sent uh, one son and one daughter to China to learn the acupuncture, and they both returned. Uh, and then they. Uh, 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 the son met a Korean woman who is also studying acupuncture in China. So they've all both be, uh, uh, practicing the acupuncture in his home country these days and making, you know, decent money. And they, uh, among Russians, they are very strong believer of, uh, uh in the uh, acupuncture. I, I do too, because I know in the state of Maryland, uh, for the, uh, people who are on drugs, uh, the state, uh, of Maryland has a mandate that they have to go through the acupuncture, uh, uh, therapy as part of their, like, uh, you know, uh, recovery program. Peter, like I was saying earlier, my friend, she, you know, I took her to Chinese medicine because she wanted to do natural means. And, and one of the doctors there, he, Actually, his name might be even Peter Chang, I think. But anyway, Dr. Peter Chang. But she had acupuncture and it really helped her out a lot. But another thing um, about that, when you said mentioned Russia, um, is that um, my friend Amber Clancy, who had a massage, she went to massage school in L.A. I met her there and she started her own company called Amber Energy. And I helped her build her um, practice and actually do construction on a location in Illinois. Um, she was an affiliate or like in a network marketing company that sold these things called a biomat. Um, and then also another machine that was developed in China, but the biomat was based off of NASA technology, but they had done some research with the Russians and the Russians were some of the people who were exploring something called biophotons. And they were, they were giving a scientific, uh, rationale behind how acupuncture works. And they showed that the acupuncture, what the measurements they were taking, because they decided to focus on photons, that it actually changed the coherence 
and the alignment of the photons running through your body system along those meridian lines that the acupuncture is supposed to, to affect. And so they were showing that when they put the acupuncture needles in, that the photons became all coherent. They all lined up in a certain way, sort of like how a laser would. And then they, and it would realign them, like if they were like different blockages, sort of like in the way where um, a heart might start to fibrillate. And then they use those electric paddles to defibrillate and make the heart rhythms get back into regularity. Um, sort of acupuncture sort of does that. It resets things and gets things flowing in the right Yeah, so, uh, well, it's just, uh, you know, I don't need to remind everyone that, you know, pharmaceutical companies are very, very powerful lobbying uh, group in this country, in the West in general. So, so there will be a lot of naysayer, naysaying, uh, mainstream media, uh, materials, uh, discrediting, uh, the Chinese medicine. Uh, uh, but the good thing is that, uh, even the U.S. Olympic teams, the swimming team is using, uh, you know, different Chinese uh, medicine, uh, techniques to, to, as a sports medicine, uh, solution. For, yeah. Right. And, uh, I, what I learned, uh, I, I never understand how acupuncture, uh, works. Uh, but uh, now I understand that, uh, from, by reading a, a New York Times bestseller, uh, uh, uh that, that book is actually about the, the, the chromosome. But he talked, uh, that author talks about acupuncture. Basically, it's it redirect the electromagnetic signals in your nerve system to your brain. So you can you can either suppress or probably smooth the uh, the transmission of these those electromagnetic signals through your body. Therefore, it provides some kind of a alleviation to your pain. And uh, yeah, and and that's like the basis behind you know part of the the function. It, it's about about chi. Um, I have another interesting connection to acupuncture where one of my uh, friends who I met at the gym, um, her name is Dr. Netta Lajivardi, and she came to me to my hypnosis, my clinical hypnosis practice in order to have more confidence and improve her memory in taking, she's a chiropractor and she wanted to also get her license as an acupuncturist. So she came to me for a few sessions to come and, um, you know, assist get some assistance using hypnosis for her acupuncture test and she passed and she came back and she was profusely thanking me and she so she in part credits um coming to me for a clinical hypnosis for helping her to get through that and also dealing with a difficult relationship she had with her father which she eventually reconciled with him fortunately before he passed away and she had a good relationship with him after that and um and in, in the hypnosis world, when you mentioned lobbying, that's what actually brought into my mind about the pharmaceutical companies lobbying. The school that I went to was founded in 1967. Um, it's the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, and they're also recognized by the Department of Education. They have the EDU website, hypnosis.edu. Um, and But I also, uh, if you type in on Google, I mean, or YouTube, Navy SEAL training in hypnosis, um, there's a video of there where, where an interview that was done with me where I helped a guy get through hell week of the Navy SEALs hell week using um, hypnotic techniques along with the other training that he was doing. And he was, and it was a, a program called um, seal fit that was developed by Navy SEALs and run by Navy SEALs to give people the experience of going through hell week. 
And he, everybody else there was half his age. They were like 23 years old and he was my the age I am now at 46. And some of those kids dropped out and he made it all the way through program. And on the interview, he also partly attributed coming to me for clinical hypnosis for that. But the part about that is that the school that I went to, the founder, he created something called the American Hypnosis Association, which has a lobbying arm that lobbies in Congress all the time in order for us to fight against the lobbying of the psychiatrist, psychologist, and medical doctors who don't want lay hypnotists such as myself who practice uh, our scope of practice is vocational and avocational motivation and self-improvement who don't want us to do that. So we also have a very powerful lobbying branch through the American Hypnosis Association to kind of counter that because they, because the medical uh, um, establishment doesn't want us practicing it, even though Milton Erickson, who Dr. John Kappas, who founded Hypnosis Motivation Institute, based largely his hypnosis practice and the founding of the school on the work of Milton Erickson, who was the person directly responsible. He was a psychiatrist um, for getting, to, and he was a psychiatrist who healed people uh, of mental and physical ailments using hypnosis in his psychiatric and medical practice. He was responsible directly for getting hypnosis accepted in 1958 by both the American Dental Association and the American Medical Association for use in both of those practices for what we call hypnoanesthesia, using hypnosis for pain relief. So, um, and so there's a Can lot of... Can you send me those links? Uh, Milton, I don't have them any of them directly, but you could probably find a lot of that information on hypnosis.edu. By the way, I say this all the time. I do am not an affiliate of the school. I only graduated from there. I, they don't give me any money for advertising or anything like that, which maybe I should someday do it. But they have a lot of information on hypnosis.edu that you could find out. But you could easily look up uh, Milton Erickson and find out. You know, Milton Erickson. You know, just type in like Milton Erickson AMA 1958, and you'll see some information about that. And he's also directly responsible for the creation of what some people call a pseudoscience as well, neuro-linguistic programming, because um, the guys who founded it observed him and interviewed him and took what he was doing, which was which some people also call covert hypnosis and conversational hypnosis, because he used metaphor and stories and things like that. Well, he would just be sitting, you look at some of the videos of him working with his patients, he's just sitting there talking to them. And all of a sudden they go in these deep ass trances and he's curing them of all kinds of different things like that. So, um, but Bender and uh, Gr Grinder and Bandler, two, two of the founders of, of uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming, observed him and interviewed him and based developing NLP directly off of him as well. So, you know, um, there's a lot of really cool connections with, with that stuff. But yeah, Peter, you know, absolutely correct the freaking medical establishment lobbies against the use of all kinds of natural stuff and don't want people using it even though there's research in the, the research literature that shows that so, that it's useful but yeah Cicely I don't uh, I don't have anything offhand I, I may even have actually some stuff on my website hypnoathletics.com I'm pretty sure I do about it if I would just go there and type in uh, Erickson I'm sure that some stuff would come up I'll definitely take a look. But I will, I will look, I will give a, a little search for you and find out. So, wow, an hour and 30 minutes here on both Colin and Wisdom. Um, anything else you want to chat about, uh, Cicely? I, I will go at least uh, 30 more minutes. You've got 13 more minutes on your countdown over there. Is that what that's saying for you? Yeah. 
I just wanted, when we were talking about the Bible stories. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about King Solomon and Bathsheba. That's mm. another good story if you ever want to dive into some strange stuff. All right, I'll, I'll check that out. So Solomon and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Um, what books would those be in, do you know? Um, not offhand, let okay. me see. Solomon and Give Bathsheba. One second. Yeah, I found some pretty um, interesting thing, and I want to. I wrote down all the Bible verses that the Jehovah's Witness guy went over with me at the Barnes and Noble in Richmond, and then I got a video that's over an hour long from Sean from the Chesapeake Baptist Church that I'm gonna look at. You know, I'm gonna. You know, I'm all about information these days, um, so I just want to know. Let's see. Kings 10, 1 through 12 and Chronicles 2. Okay. Second Chronicles 9, 1 through 13. All right. I'll start with Kings. Um, I thought that was an interesting story. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories. And, you know, when I was uh, interested in this one person who claimed to be a Muslim, and decided to get a Quran and start reading it. I found that the book of Esther, which I really like because her uncle's name in there, or uncle or cousin, depending on how what part of the story you're reading, is named Mordecai. And Mordecai was my stage, or is my one of my stage names for my my death metal band when I was in uh, started in Florida making music. And then there's a corresponding story um, in Al Qasis in the Quran, which matches the story exactly in the Christian Bible. But instead of calling um, King Ahurasis, as they do in the Bible, they call him Pharaoh there. And then I don't think there's any mention of Esther in there, but they, they don't call her by name, but the story is the same. And then there's a whole lot of talk about Moses in there. So it, it, there's just some interesting stories. I mean, so I'll look at the Solomon Bathsheba connection in there because, again, I'm all just about information and I like stories. And they, um, some of them are very inspirational, and some some interpretations of them are really interesting. Like, um, there's a, um, have you ever heard of a, an author? And he's a, a Christian leaning author named Emmett Fox. I haven't. He wrote a book called The Sermon on the Mount, which focuses specifically on the Book of Matthew and his Sermon on the Mount. And there's one really interesting thing that he talks about in there, because I think he might even have some. You know, he's one of those guys who, in, in that time when everybody was talking about the subconscious mind, like Dr. Joseph Murphy, the power of the subconscious mind, and, you know, Think and Grow Rich, and uh, The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes and all that, you know. Um, Ulysses S. Anderson with um, uh, Three Magic Words and all that stuff. So a lot of people, were, you know, were coming out with that stuff at the time. Uh, Robert Collier with The Secret of the Ages. Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret from 1956, you know, going all the way back to the early 1900s with the science of getting rich that Chase and I are reading for our show, Literally Rich. Um, gosh, uh, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh from back in that time as well. Um, so there's a lot of authors who were blending subconscious mind hypnosis work with Christianity and Buddhism which and, and Hinduism, which is really interesting. And it emerged in, you know, recent times is what they call new thought um which is like the agape church that bernard michael uh, michael bernard beckwith and the other people from the secret 
you know, would say that they would follow if, if there was anything would be, you know, something called new thought. But it's very interesting. Ancient wisdom, new thought is like one of the taglines that you hear. And those are the people who say we become what we think about, thoughts become things and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, Emmett Fox, the Sermon on the Mount, he I like he explained that <clears throat> that, you know, just like in every different discipline, like medicine or psychology, they have their own technical language. So he says that that's no different from the Bible. They have a technical language that they're speaking in. And then he also said that would that words change their meaning over time, right? So some words change their meaning over time. And I only remember, this is one of the main things I remember about uh, this book. Um, besides the fact that one day I was reading it in the bathroom and my girlfriend, Christine, came in and started laughing and said, ha, 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 sermon on the toilet. Um, but, but um. In the 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 book, he talks about the, the the line in the Bible that says, "The pure of heart shall see God." And the way he explained it, and I'm really paraphrasing right now, but the way he explained it was that he says, "Think about this." He says, "Pure," you know, it, it, what does that mean? And then he defined it as being, you know, single-minded, focused on one thing, like thinking only about like one color, for example. So in this case, we could say thinking about love only or kindness to other people. And he says the pure of heart. So it's like the pure means to focus on one thing. He's like, what is heart? And how is that going to help you see God? Does your heart have eyes? He says, no, the heart means the subconscious mind. So if you think something repetitively or over and over again or focus on it, it gets planted in your subconscious mind. And so if you're thinking about something like love, for example, and you're singly focused on love, right, or it could even just be singly focused on Jesus or whatever, then you shall see God sort of like in in yoga, which I, you know, I've been a teacher of yoga since 2004. Um, we Sometimes we say namaste at the end of our yoga practice, which means um, the God in me sees the God in you or the life in me or the greatness in me or whatever sees that in you. So he says in that way, if you're pure of, of heart or you can plant into your subconscious mind, a habitual way of thinking, you will see God everywhere in everything. And that's how you see God. You, you're not going to see God in like a form of, of like some alien sitting on the throne in outer space, you know, getting mad at people because they changed the prices of Honda. Right. Like it's just, <laughs> And, and I kind of paraphrase that line from uh, one of the guys in What the Bleep Do We Know? And like one of the outtakes of uh, the video. I forget what his name is. But but yeah, like it's God is everywhere. Like how I say often people have heard, might have heard me say that I, I think that all knowledge and all power is in all places and all times. And I have to take responsibility for my thoughts, words and actions, past, present and future, because I believe in the idea that there's an omnipresence that's omniscient and omnipotent but it's everywhere it's not separate in one way it's not like god could have walked away from the garden of eden and not known what adam and eve were up to that's impossible that just the way that they're that having a devil separate from god is impossible god and the devil are one and the same good and evil are simply the same the the, the use of the same power for whatever reasons that you want to use it for that's what free will is about and so that interpretation about god gave us free will no free will is just inherent in existence there's one power that, like in the science of getting rich, there's a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates and penetrates the interspaces of the universe. Or like Christopher Howard, who University of Excellence says that, um, that I believe the way that I do because I consistently achieve the results I desire. And what I believe is that 
um, there's a, that the universe or God is a formless, neutral substance that responds directly to the nature of our thoughts. And again, the whole underlying idea is free will. That's why um, when I was in California, in Florida, and I fell onto my knees, and I was like, God, please help me. Some Christian guys came to me from the International Church of Christ. After I met some my, my girlfriend, Christine, who was Buddhist, and I was thinking one day, then all of a sudden, Buddhists would come out of the woodworks out of nowhere, start inviting me. When I got involved with the Church of Scientology, Scientologists started popping out of the woodworks. Um, it's all according to our thoughts, everything, the worst things in my life and the best things. And because if I decide to pick and choose and cherry pick that I'm ex responsible for my experience, then I'm giving away power for some things. And then it sets up, well, it could set up a cognitive dissonance. So, so if I'm saying that um, I'm responsible for all the good things, but not the bad things. So if I'm saying God is responsible for all the good and the devil is responsible for all the bad, then what, what's the split there? That doesn't make any sense, especially, especially if, if you look at the Abrahamic religions, if God is supposed to be the all-powerful creator of the universe that always was, is, and always will be, then it's impossible for God to not be everywhere, including where the devil is. So, in fact, God and the devil are the same. Good and evil are this, this different uses of the same power of thought and emotion that we all have. At least that's where I'm coming from. And again, like Christopher Howard said, I believe this way because it consistently helps me to achieve the results I desire. It may or may not be objectively true or the absolute truth, but as I believe this, everything happens according to, to the, for me to get the results I desire that way. Um, but that's um, an interesting experience that I've had consistently, even with the tarot and numerology and everything that I do. It's, I get some uncanny results and some various things, things happen, but I just, I, my understanding is because the underlying factor is we are responsible and we can't say that in one case i'm responsible for the good and then say but no the bad is, is something outside of me it's their fault it's the devil's fault it's that no it's you got to pick one like are you are you connected with the thing that is everywhere all the time or or are you trying to say that it's only sometimes because that that can cause a lot of confusion i think yeah most definitely and I like how you were saying that if we are all connected to this one giant omnipotent thing. And I like to add on that I feel like we're facets on the same crystal. It's mm. like we're here for this omnipotent being to get the human experiment. Yeah. To see what free will looks like in the human mind, in the consciousness of what we are to just experience it because if they're omnipotent they don't get to experience the unknowing that we have the walking through life and not knowing what's coming but still keeping your intent focused on what you like and perhaps also consider that it's it may be multifaceted that that's one of the purposes of our existence and that there are many others because Pretty much nothing is impossible. And we can look at even fiction for this, like the whole multiverse of madness and Spider-Verse and all this other stuff like that, right? And that there are existences upon existences of infinite varieties of all kinds. And sometimes those things connect with us. Um, and, but, and, and it's, a, it's an all-inclusive idea rather than an ex exclusive one, which I think that limiting ideas could probably be a problem, which is why... 
I often bill myself as a science fiction communicator because it allows me to speculate freely without somebody being like, well, you're wrong. How can I'm just science fiction and say whatever I want you talking about. And, it, but it allows me by doing that to think more expansively because I'm not trying to confine myself within the limits of things. I mean, how do you think that people came up with star Trek and, and all these other things that, that are out there because they're expanding their minds about the possibilities. And of course, science fiction is, is distinct from fantasy as Arthur C. Clarke says. Um, whereas like star Wars, for example, is more fantasy where star Trek is more science fiction. Just yeah, to use some popular a, examples. Yeah. I'm a Trekkie. And the reason I feel like it's more on the science fiction side with star Trek is this about solving all the problems of humanity before reaching out to go to space. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good premise. I like it. I like, I like, I like the way they be thinking in Star Trek, especially one day after I learned a couple things in physics. Um, there was this one scene in the remakes of the reboots of, of uh, Star Trek where um, Sulu was trying to move the ship and it wouldn't, it wouldn't undock. And then he's like, did you take off the parking brake? And then, and um, then he goes, uh, like disengaging external inertial dampeners. And it reminded me of something I learned from Paul A. LaViolette's Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion. But another thing, when I was studying Bernoulli's Laws of Flu Fluid Dynamics, I saw there was a scene in the movie where they were dropping the drill into um, Vulcan. And when the guy parachuted down, just like would happen in fluid dynamics, the guy got sucked into the, the plasma stream. And the reason why that happens, like people have this experience every day if they have like plastic shower curtains or something like that, where when you turn on the water, the water tends to get sucked towards the stream of water. That's because it creates um, a, a low pressure system um, in the jet stream because it's pushing the air away and it's causing a low pressure system in there and a high and so there's higher pressure outside that's why the shower curtains go in that's why they have those magnets and things on there like that so that plasma stream going down i felt like they they faithfully depicted the bernoulli's law of fluid dynamics in there because as the stream was going down into the uh the 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 drill towards the earth it sucked that guy into it and i felt like that was it i got mary Kay coming up here and cicely marie goose feel free to come back up i'm gonna um, bounce out well, of here in a few minutes. Science fiction and all these books. My dear brother, we're all fucking savages. Humanity is savage. I don't disagree. We're deadly. I mean, look at my profile picture here on Wisdom. I'm jumping out of an I, airplane. I saw it. I'm, I'm in the yeah, sky, I, jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> I used to be a co-pilot, don't ask. You know, I'm not even going there. So, I saw that <clears throat> We're deadly. We're savages. Um, we're not even considered animals at this stage. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> yeah, well, we're destroyers. <laughs> and we love destructions, and there is science, so we You're back it up science. Origin, son. Uh, science, like, somehow um, uh, uh, neutralizes. Hmm. Uh, it's amazing. So... Oh, it's really, really uh, crazy. Muscle and music. Your <laughs> biggest muscle, huh? Yeah, we were saying your biggest muscle is what? It's the brain, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, the brain is full of uh, nerves and 
and things yeah. like that. But I mean, so are the muscles. So I mean, like, they're very close, I suppose. I never really made that connection though. But yeah, anyway. there's like the lizard area, the frontal lobe, and all these kind of areas in uh, in the brain. Uh, most of it is not even discovered. Cannot. It's like space. Terra scientists, I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I, well, I get that. I mean, I'm not uh, uh, trained as a scientist, although I, I speculate. I know you like science. Yeah. I did. But yeah, it's not my it's not my. But we are truly a savage. We are savage. Humanity is a nightmare, a horror. It can be. I mean, but. It I, can be. I yeah. think a lot of it. I know that a lot of my horrors and nightmares I do to myself because I, you know. But it's caused by in my life. It's not not only yours. Uh, nightmares happen because there's cause and effect. That's science, isn't it? Well, I, I get what you're saying, but from the perspective and how I practice living my I life, I. I um I I can be in the midst of all kinds of things like in the midst of suffering and still and misery and still feel joy and there can be disease all around and I can still choose to be healthy there can be I poverty everywhere it, so. and and I'm so much older than you are and uh, it, it does happen that choice is always there right. and humanity is there but it bel- belittles us in that perspective of others yeah i just i don't i tend not to give other people that much control over me no this is uh this is not about other people this is not about me and you and like a group of us a people this is about society and well society is made of other people it seems like you're still talking about something external and i'm not disagreeing with you i'm saying that i don't practice like that i have my own delusion i'm sure that i live under that doesn't allow me because of my self-created belief system to let those external things have an effect on me and they they very rarely do i mean earlier i was talking to danny on colin and i i I got off well that's why i said danny on colin um and was talking to her and then was going to go do my business cards and all the stuff and stuff like that. And so after talking to her and then putting on some music, I all of a sudden was feeling sorry for myself. And I was crying for like three yeah. hours about, like about my wife being gone. But I did that to myself. And I easily, as soon as I got to the bookstore, I dried my eyes. And then all of a sudden I was all excited about reading wealth of nations by Adam Smith. So what I'm saying is that, for the for a great deal of it, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, I have control over my emotions and how I feel. I'm glad that you have control over your emotions. And uh, but what about the people that uh, are judged by emotions? I'm not what sure. Do you I, see about that? I don't understand what you mean by what about people that are judged by emotions. What is that? You mean? know, there are people. Uh, so if you become uh, if I become emotional, you could say, oh, Mary's emotional. Well, in the court of law, somebody you could say, could say emotions that. don't exist. In science, you could say, oh, that's psychiatric. So what do you think about that? I, I, I don't recall. I don't know. I mean, I'm still not sure I'm clear on what you mean. What about it's simple? So uh, 
let's say I get emotional right yeah. now, you could say Mary's very emotional. If I go to court and present my case, they could say emotions do not exist in the court of law. And then if I go to, uh, let's say, doctors, they could say, uh, uh, they could say, uh, this is scientific. So how do you present emotions? This is my curiosity. Uh, um, how does anybody determine emotions? Well, I, I, I'm going to. Or in politics, let's say. <clears throat> Answer as best I can. I feel emotions all the time. I'm a very emotional person. But, but through okay. practice, I found ways to not always let it express itself outwards. Even though I do give off an energy that people can sense in my, my energy and even hear in my voice sometimes, even though I don't recognize it. Yeah. But I, but I tend Haki Mali, yeah. you know, today I was... Uh, I love all books of religion. I truly do. And I respect them. And I enjoy reading it because I lived in multiple countries and multiple religious, whatever. You know, I'm going to go back to Jesus Christ. He had 12 disciples. Am I correct? Correct? Not as far as I can, as I know, but I'm not an expert. No, nobody's an expert. You know, we weren't there. I mean, as a Christian, I wasn't there. But, you know, um, I was speaking to a friend of mine that, not a friend of mine, I work for some judge. You know, there's basically 12 characters in humanity. I, I don't know. I know that there's all kinds of different tests and archetypes and personality no, types not, that people no, use. No, we're not talking about science. We're talking about law. And uh, I was, like, curious. I don't know about that law you're talking about. Where, where, where did you... It's not a law. It's 12 characters. It's called et obey. Okay, I thought... I'm oh, sorry, I misheard you. Yes, yeah, okay. So these are... Oh, so when the judges are up front judging... They're basically judging your character. And they are putting oh. you in... in are you talking 12, about the, the jury? Not the jury, no. Okay, uh, okay. It's nothing to do with jury. Because you said judges jury and then you is, said 12. Okay. Jury is like crazy shit, jury. Um, this is judgment, like judges, like you know, U.S. judges. Right, that's why I said law and the jury, because there's usually 12 people in, in most litigation. That's the crazy, insane thing, you know? You wouldn't, he said, let me get back to you, and you will. And isn't this insane? Look at the history. Look at, like, not the history I'm talking about. Look at the past. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I look at the past. It's insane. Very often. I mean, I read a lot of so-called classic texts. No longer read. I don't want to be part of some people's stories. And, and I'm, respect, I'm respectful of them. You no, know, Mary, you can be in books and not of them. You know, I, no, everything I, I is just wanna... information. Like I, I, Like, I look at books the same way that I look at movies and TV shows and music. It's just... 
I'm entertained by all of it. And if I learn something it's from it, then all the better. It eventually becomes an entertainment. Well, like if, if they were to speak about us 100 years from today, your family, my family, we have nothing to do with one another. It will eventually become an entertainment yeah. to the family. Well, if, if, allow me to present it to you this way. Yes. You've heard the saying when people say, I, I want to get on the same page, right? Like we, we're yeah. not. So if, if you and a friend join a book club or read the same book together, or even students in a class have to read the same book or read the same chapter, right? They are actually and literally on the same page because they've read the same material. The same applies if, if people like the same band. They're on the same page. They're on the same wavelength because they've listened to the same music. So they have something in common to Correct. talk about. People who go to watch the same movie together, like when people go on dates, one of the things that I don't, I don't think, I, I could be wrong, this could have been stated in plenty of places, but one of the things I don't think a lot of people consider is that activity of going out to dinner together and eating the same meal at the same restaurant, going to the same movies, is building common experiences. That's what it means to have something in common with someone. And the more you build up in common with people, the more you begin to like them. So reading the same books, eating the same food, watching the same movies, going to the same trips and same, like that so stuff that's is- like a basic standard yeah and and so i'm saying that that the more i personally my perspective that i read different books and and mine different philosophies and look at different religions and learn things more openly the more i have in common with a, a wider variety of different people so that i'm able to have conversations with them which is ultimately what i really like is connection to other Very people is to, um, is to connect with other people not, um, very wrong in my vocabulary. Um, I think eloquent was a correct word to use, or at least I like it because it feels nice. It, very eloquent and poetic. Uh, if you were, oh, well, no judgments, but you know, it's insane the judgments that we make of uh, experiences. It's insane. Just because we sit, sit at the same table, we don't need, you have to eat the same way. That's Shouldn't right. be. Shouldn't be. I mean, when, when I, I, I often refer to my experience in China because I loved it and it was a really big part of my life. Yeah. But one of the things that a lot of other Lao Wai or foreigners who were there visiting other expats or in China, they would complain about the stupidest things. They would be like, why do the Chinese do this? Why do that? Da, 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 da. And it's like, yo, calm down and just like, you're here, be here. And just, why don't you try something different? Like everybody, okay. would, all the foreigners hung out with each other. Okay, I Mali, yeah. Even in the United States. Okay. Me being uh, multicultural, multi-religious, uh, multi-whatever. If I serve a meal, they will ask me, what's this? Right. That is the biggest insult. A lot of the times when I was in China, I never asked what the hell I was eating. I didn't I, I either. If other people if were I eating it house, and they took me out to dinner often, because I, I mostly hung out, excuse me, <clears throat> I mostly hung out with Chinese locals until after my wife passed. Then I started hanging out with, with other uh, foreigners. But before that, it was just her, me, and Chinese people. And we even shot photography at Chinese weddings. We always hung out with everybody. And so 
we would often go out to eat with them and yeah one of the things in china is that they would have these big banquets kind of a ta big round table with yeah, all know. different dishes on it and i would just eat, try everything at least one time and I, I didn't care what animal it was or if it was frog legs or if it was pork even or anything if i liked it i liked it if i didn't then i didn't eat it again but um that's just a, a thing of being i guess so like a day, a day open minded come to, you come back to the united states and you criticize all these countries and uh you say oh they did this because of this they did this because of that oh i never saw such a thing i never sat on the floor hey, are Colonel. you fucking kidding me u.s was starving back in the day yeah don't tell me they had tables and chairs this is this is oh uh, this is bad this is judgment. Well, it is what it is. There's a guy here. There's a guy here. I don't know if he's here. Oh, America has the highest sugar level. America has this. Well, you know what? America went into starvation. What the fuck were they? They had to feed. They had to eat. They had to work. Have well, you ever been to Africa and in India when you have to eat like 10 day old uh, leftovers and fish and whatever that was picked that day, uh, 20 days ago? No. They never experienced it, but they claim they did. Well, you know, I often act sort of like Bumblebee from the Transformers and reference movies a lot to speak different points, but... It reminds me of a scene from Batman Begins of kind of how I operate in some ways where um, I've just allowed myself to have a wide variety of experiences and it's made me very resilient. Me too. Because and I'm grateful that the life that was meant for me, I did not choose it, but it was meant for me. I was speaking to my friend today. I was with him. And you know what? There's no vocabulary that could describe it. I'm not going to describe the curry that I ate. I'm not going to describe the goat that I ate or the fish that was so disgusting or uh, the leg or, you know, all these things. It was a nourishment. It was a muscle building. I'm going to get to muscles. So, you know, um, what, what I was saying about some I learned lessons from everywhere. And this one lesson from the movie expanded my mind to a lot more lessons. And it was when Bruce Wayne was in China, he was in a Chinese prison. And um well, before he went to the Chinese prison, he was with the you know, he was living in the streets. You know, he just didn't want to be in New York or Gotham and you know, living his Bruce Wayne rich life and all that other stuff like that too. He was in this part of the world. New York is an amazing and, and he thing. got he got um caught by the police actually um stealing from his own shipment, but he wasn't, you know, and he was like he was like well, well, hungry, he said, Well Busher he will Busher find you. But or you know, he was like, I'm not a thief. But one of the things that he said in the movie was he said the first time I had to steal food 
to be able to eat, to survive. I'm paraphrasing, but this is the idea. He said that I, my whole perspective on stealing or the criminal world changed. And so what I was getting the point to is that one of the reasons why I, I allow myself to have different experiences of all kinds at least once is because when you do that, it's that saying that, you know, step into the shoes of someone else. It, it has me being able to see things in a much different way, you know, living on the streets when, even when I didn't have to, um, going without certain things or even having so much money, I, I could hardly spend it, you know, all in, in, a, in a year, like all these different experiences that I've had riding my bike in pouring down rain, walking towards a hurricane when it was coming, all these different things give you, you know, going to China and living there for five years and forcing myself to learn the language as much as I could while I was there um, without taking official lessons and just immersing myself by looking at street signs that had the Chinese characters in English is that right there. I feel like is one of the, you know, the coolest experiences that I've had is like learning lessons like that by putting myself into other people's shoes or just allowing things to happen, you know, um, and, and seeing how I would feel or what would happen with it is, is interesting because I could have taken some of the things in one way. I could have been bitter or angry or even thought that the world was really fucked up and crazy, which for a while I did, but it also just helps me to kind of, you know, what what's the saying when they say, see where other people are coming from. And even though I might not agree with everybody, I mean, I hardly agree with a lot of people. I mean, I'm pretty stubborn and about a lot of stuff and hardheaded about things, but, but I at least would like to be able to listen and learn. So um, that's where that's coming from there. Oh, so it's uh, past the two hour mark on calling, which means that it's past two hours on wisdom. So I'm going to shut this down so that I'll be able to share the, the wisdom talk. But every guys on calling, you guys can hang out here for a little bit. We can chat, but I got to shut this down here, Mary Kay. Um, you should. Well, because that's what I'm doing. So uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming and chatting. And I can't, I can't let it go any longer. It's going to cut no, my thing down to like 30 to. minutes. I, I appreciate you. you anyways. Thank you. What you crazy person. All right. Much love to you, Mary Kay. And everybody on Wisdom, I appreciate you guys hanging out, but but I've had some issues with downloading things over two hours, and I want to be able to use this. So take care, everybody, on Wisdom later. And uh, my calling peoples, what's up? How y'all doing? How y'all doing over there? Appreciate y'all hanging out and listening. I've definitely had a interesting uh, bunch of guests over on uh, Wisdom. Uh Mary Kay is a character, as you can tell. Um, but, you know, it takes all kinds to make the world go around. And Mojo shared with me something over here that says, just published, oh, he's publishing on Substack? My blog post on Substack, up, 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 where we belong. Joe Cocker and Jennifer, Jennifer who? Jennifer Warns nailed it. Okay. All right. Well, Peter, uh, Danny, how y'all doing over there? Or anybody? Uh, hi, Pickle. Um, and Brian, have you anything to say about that conversations and experiences that were over on Wisdom, Rudy? Bueller? Bueller? I'm actually going to go to uh, get some food. 
and uh, and then get, hit the road for a little bit. And then I got to pick up my sister, take her to the airport at 11 o'clock in the morning, take her to Richmond, one of my favorite parts of Virginia. Eh? So I'm going to go up there. But um, thanks for hanging out, guys, and Peter, for uh, all your input. Rudy, um, I saw that. Uh, um, thank you, Brian. Uh, I'm good. Uh, Carnal passed through. Uh, yes, that's true, Danny. Some IG accounts can play longer videos. Any attempt to create one final authoritative bottleneck that channels the knowledge onto society is wrong, regardless of whether it is a Wikipedia or any algorithmically created system producing meta information. Uh, how much did it cost taxpayers? What is that? What were you referring to there, Danny? Was it something I said? Was it something I said? American computer scientist, visual artist, philosophy writer, technology composer of contemporary classical music, considered the founder of the field of virtual reality. Lanier and Thomas G. Zimmerman left Atari in 1985 to found VPL Research, Inc., the first company to sell VR goggles and wired gloves. In the late 1990s, Lanier worked on applications for Internet 2, and in the 2000s, he was a visiting scholar at Silicon Graphics and various universities. In 2006, he began work at Microsoft, Microsoft, and from 2009, has worked at Microsoft Research as an interdisciplinary scientist. Yeah, interdisciplinary. That's why, yeah, man, get that knowledge all over the place. Um, but Danny, oh, yes. Uh, all right, Peter, good night to you. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Um, appreciate you being and hanging out. Um, and, uh, hey, Jenny, how you doing? Uh, we can chat for a minute if you like. Um, how's it going? Dinner is made. So, yeah. sounds like you're winding down the room, though. I was winding down the wisdom room because when it goes past two hours, there's issues with downloading it, and it, like, only gives me 20 minutes, so I had to close that down. But Colin is fine. Um, and I can also easily open up another wisdom room, but I just can't do them for more than two hours over there. Good to know. Yeah. If I, if I talk for two hours, I've had complete talks, completely unable to be downloaded. The only other way that I, that I, I figured out, cause I've done it before and other things like with music and stuff like that is to, is to real time record it by playing the audio from one device into the audio of my podcast um, microphone and then record it that way, you know? Interesting. Um, my last, my last few shows here on Colin have only recorded 20 minutes of hour long podcasts. And I was so frustrated when I went back to see, and it's just 20 minutes. So I'm about ready to be, give up on the, on the app for my own shows and just move be, everything. What? You might begin into Bonatati territory. Like he says that they're censoring everything he does, which kind of seems interesting, but they might be too, because, you know, some of the stuff that goes on with his accounts and like, he's been on a talk with me. We opened up one on, on, uh, September 10th and like whole swaths of him talking was blocked out where me and Cicely, who was over here on wisdom, she's got an account here too. We could, you could hear us completely clearly the whole time. And his audio was the only audio that was cutting out like in a very weird way, not, not due to his technical difficulties on this side. 
So I don't know. Well, I told you what they did to my math podcast. I mean, it is so glitchy. It's embarrassing. And then I streamed it down to Spotify and Spotify deleted almost all of the episodes except for right. four. And it's like, really? You don't want to, you want to hear about math, math education? I guess they don't. Anyway, I'm about ready to move all of my stuff exclusively to X and uh, Substack. And then eventually I hope to, you know, use the wisdom app. But as for doing well, my being, own work, what? I'm willing to do something like this um, where you could, because um, I, have, I have a whole system set up where if you wanted to do a talk on wisdom, right, you can just come on as my guest and it'll be your presentation. And as many times as you needed to come back up, you could just come back up into the room and talk. And then what I can do is I can download the file, you know, and then put it on my Spreaker account as a as a um, as a limited file, which you could then go in there and take it and then download it yourself because on Spreaker, you can download them and then have it on your device and, and put it wherever you want. You're making me cry. That is such a generous offer. Oh, how can I say no? Thank you. I mean, because that's kind of shit that I like to do. Like, that's just me, like, hacking the technology a little bit. You know what I mean? And, like, well, and if, you, I, if you can believe it, when Colin started, you could download the podcast way back yeah, at the I, beginning. And then they, they got yeah. rid of that feature. So that's awesome. I would love to do that, Hakeem. Like I said, I'm going to get busy with my rehearsals, but um, when I'm, I'm not going to do the daily show until the show's over in December. But, yeah. you know, we could do a random show here and there, and that would be such a blessing to just be yeah, able to get I'll, my. Yeah, and I'll just download it and, send, and then give you the link where you can download it from yourself. Because, you know, you can't download my podcast from Wisdom, but I can download it, put it up on my Spreaker, send you the link, and then you can download it and do whatever you want with it. That's awesome. And, and yeah. plus, when you download, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but when, when you download it from Spreaker, of course, it's not going to have the same inter. Like you're not going to see who's in the the host seat. You know what I mean? So it's just an audio file. So it's not like how Colin reproduces it exactly as we see it on the screen here. When I when I put it on Spreaker, it'll just be the voice. So you might as well be the host. You see what I mean? Yeah. Well, invariably, I will take uh, clips from my podcast and make movies out of them with other, um, you know, video and uh, just photograph slideshows and. Yeah. I make little four and five minute things for Facebook and, um, you know, just all the social media, just as little teasers to my show. So that would be awesome for just that. But thank you, Hakeem. That's such a generous offer. I'd love to do, you know, and talk about anything. It doesn't even have to be politics. We could talk more about music and, you know, anything. People respond very well just to people having a conversation. I mean, our talk, um, earlier got let me see if i look at my let's see just that one i just now did um hold on um, i have a sound oh andrea raquel is on i gotta go talk to her um statistics if i look at this statistics for that last one um it was two hours and five minutes so two hours is 120 um minutes plus five so 125 minutes but it got 201 minutes of listen time. That slays me. I left twice to go do the dishes and then go start dinner. <laughs> I wasn't even but, on but, the whole time. But you see what funny. I'm saying? It was 120 yeah. minutes, but it's got 80 more minutes of listening time, which means a bunch of people stayed or the combination of the people in the room. There were 24 people that either passed through or stayed to listen. 
So there was a total of 201 hours of listening time, which is three hours um, and 20 minutes of listening out of a two hour and five minute talk. The future is this. People love long form podcasts. Tucker just had on the guy who's running for president in Argentina. Do you know how many views that interview has had? It's just staggering how many people clued into that. It's, it's, it blew everything else he's done out of the water on Twitter. And so I just, I'm excited to, to find my tribe and start preaching to them because I've had such a difficult time functioning in any space because as soon as I open my, my craw, I get canceled and deplatformed and silenced and shadow banned. And so I'm really excited about the potential for eventually finding a real audience on Twitter. But if I can use wisdom or call in or whatever to catapult it, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, Colin, I come here to just have candid conversations. But what I'm finding is that whenever I've done these cross-platform talks where I have people here on Colin um, interacting or listening or talking where people on Wisdom can hear it like I just did, um, people on Wisdom, they eat that up. They really love it. Um, really? They, yeah. It's, it always gets like high, really high listening time, a high retention rate. Um because, you know, you guys over here on Colin are characters. Like, it's a completely different community, you know. Um, there's a lot of people over there on, on Wisdom who, you know, are like wannabe coaches and gurus and, you know, these spiritual people and whatever. So it's a very closed community in what they're trying to do. Um, and so I, know, I, noticed one, I noticed one of those guys was a polymath. A lot of people don't even know what that means, but it's a yeah. person who in five disciplines, their own peers have recognized them as a genius. There's not there too go. many of them walking around. I'm like, who is this guy? Right. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, um, I have to run again, but I'm excited about the future. I think we will do some great shows together. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. You're so smart. Yeah. And this, be great well, this awakening... We're... This awakening you're having having around economics is just breathtaking. And, oh, you know, be, because we're speaking the same language just on that, I'm there for it. So I'm going to do the reveal here to you real quick. So, Jenny, the thing that happened before you go um, at the end of the church service at Chesapeake um, Baptist Church, a guy, Sean Jolly, came up to me and sat down with me and went through the Bible verses. And uh, I got saved there. And... Um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't hear this until right now. Well, I, that's, what I was, that's what I was going to tell you, but... Oh, I'm starting to cry. That is so, so great. It, oh my gosh. It, it doesn't really change so much of my perspective on things, except he just made it very clear, more clear than anybody ever has, about what salvation through Jesus Christ actually means. Using Bible verses and not his own words. He went straight to Scripture and the scriptures that he went through linked a chain that told a coherent story as if you if you were to put those scriptures back to back it's like you're just reading one description of it and then it just I flows through yeah i am feeling the spirit so strong right now this is just amazing what a miracle it wow. is what it is congrats that is so great the spiritual, I mean, the spiritual awakening you're you're having right now is just, it's just incredible. I ain't gonna call myself a Christian, but um, there's some 
there's some that's an interesting group of people over there at Chesapeake Baptist and they're very welcoming and non-judgmental and open and just um here I am this guy that comes in with a freaking gun holster on my hip and handcuffs and a badge and spikes on my wrist and they're just like nobody you know they threw me a tiny birthday celebration gave me a slingshot and then this guy calmly sat down with me and was just so I'm like you know what I that I can I can hang out with them every once in a while <laughs> that's right I bet they called you brother too yes. you know yeah. this is that's the nice. thing about Christianity on my first wisdom, it said, name the person who's influenced you the most. And I just had to talk about my best friend, Jesus Christ, who I adore. I just adore him. And I will not be ashamed of the reverence and love I have for him. And that's the thing I constantly feel from people online and even in my day-to-day -day life. It's like they think I'm stupid or gullible or naive because I'm always talking about Jesus and it's like, I will not be ashamed of my love for this person. You know, that's just not going to happen. Well, you shouldn't. That's who you are and what you believe. And, you know, that's, 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 that's your worldview. That's your perspective. That's your belief. That's your understanding. So have at it, you know, um, you too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, we'll have some more conversations about this because, um, you know, like I'm not going to people. I think sometimes they think that when when you do something like that, then you're going to get all weird. That's what they say. Oh, you're all weird now because you, you know, you got saved. It's nothing like that. I'm not changing. I'm, I'm no. the same person. My rejoinder yeah. to that is I say, I am a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? Yeah. And, you know, here's one of the, the, the biggest things that they helped me to realize, and I'm going to watch a YouTube video on this, which was different be than before. It, it puts something very clearly in, in perspective because it's in the scripture that once you're saved, always saved. And then he showed me other scripture that showed that that, does, that doesn't mean that you should go willy nilly and just sin and just know that you're going to be saved when you die, your physical body dies and go to heaven because that's because because Jesus is not a liar. He made the promise that if you truly believe in him, once saved, always saved. He doesn't take it back. Jesus is not an Indian giver. However, and he showed it to me through scripture, which I don't know what those are, although I'm going to collect those and make sure that I'm able to coherently talk about this. But I know that he, he read it from scripture. I had my King James. He had his King James. I looked at it and it specifically said that, yeah, you're saved. You're always saved forever. Jesus can't take that back. You, you, but if you're in life continuing to sin and backsliding and making mistakes, he will fuck you up. Like God will punish you. Like you'll have problems and things happening that you might think, why is this happening? But it's because you decided to take Jesus Christ into your heart and believe that he died to pay for your sins. And as you go along, if you are not aware and watching yourself, you will have punishments. Things will happen. Sort of like how people talk about karma, right? So things will happen. But, uh, but, and to the point where you will, you, you might get sick, have accidents, all these, have all your riches and wealth taken away, all this other things because you're not, because you're living in sin. But when, even to the point where you can get killed. But once your physical body dies, you go to heaven because that's what Jesus promised if you truly believe in him. Right. Well, I don't think of my troubles as punishments. I think no. of them as, as trials and opportunities for growth. And I often think that it is, it is not so much that we are punished for our sins as we are punished by our sins.
Right. Meaning, you know, if you engage in sinful behavior, there is karma. There is blowback on you if you're a liar and you're an adulterer and you covet and you're, you know, not keeping the commandments. There is retribution, but it often just comes from your day to day life. It's right. not God. Even, it's not God up there going zap. I'm going to I'm going to get you, you know. And even though, too, there are tests and trials like the story of Job. Right. So it doesn't mean that you're a sinner because he was a guy who was living blameless. Right. right. But but, you know, God sent the devil after him to test him. Um, and I mean, there can be many interpretations of that, but it's a, but I, I haven't read that book in a long time specifically. So I would have to look at it again to see what it says in the scripture. But um, again, I mean, it's a multifaceted thing. It's, it's simple, um, but just like anything else that's worth doing or understanding, it's not easy. So and well, it's, it's I, a perspective I, that I've added to my worldview. My friend Len Horowitz is a Messianic Jew. He was raised Jewish from a, a mom who survived the Holocaust and then, you know, he's become this Christian. And he had everything taken away from him, Hakeem. He lost his businesses, his family, everything. Got down to where he's living in a shed somewhere, you know, in Ooh, a ben shed. Horowitz? Len Horowitz, you know, he lost wow. everything. And there was one time when he was living in the shed that I was complaining about all of the blowback on me for my vaccine activism. And you know what he did? It was so beautiful. He scolded me. He spanked me with his words. Shape up. You're a Christian. This is how it is. It's tough. We're in a war. You know, there's no time for you to mope or complain or, you know, just shape up. And it was the perfect, it was the perfect way for him to respond to me. It jolted me. Because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not someone who would do that, you know, yeah. per se. But it was, it was just so wonderful to have my fellow traveler in Christ point out the fact that when you take his cross upon us, it, our walk does become more interesting. It does become more sketchy, you know, and, and we should expect that because this is part of it. And so um, I wish yeah. you well. My gosh, what a huge, huge step. But the thing is, is that, and I'll just say this one thing, last thing, I know you got to go, but um, if I may. Go for it. Um, he, he explained to me, because I've, I've been living in this way for a while, but not because of Christianity, in the way of where I watch what I do and say very carefully, because of neuro-linguistic programming and the new thought movement, which is, like I said, a blend of Hinduism, uh, yogi, Buddhism, um, Christianity and like subconscious mind work, like with people like Joseph Murphy and, you know, James Allen and all that, um, that, you know, thoughts become things. So it made me kind of paranoid about what I think in my emotions. So I've practiced physical ways of breathing exercise and I really guard and watch my thoughts and the things that I say. And almost everything that I say and do is intentional. Like I don't, you know, if, if I let myself get angry, or if I say something or I cuss or I do this and that, I actually mean what I'm saying. So when people say that I'm arrogant or I might be mean or I'm a jerk, I'm, it's not a mistake. I take full responsibility for my thoughts, words and actions, past, present and future, because I believe in the omnipresence of something, you know, not from a necessarily a Christian perspective, but it aligns with that. And the fact that God is everywhere at all times, you know, you, God cannot be if he's the creator, the ultimate creator of the universe. Right. Well, in my, in my, my understanding. There is a line in the Bible that says, as a man thinketh, 
so is he. Our and thoughts, the book, our thoughts are so powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's the name title of the book by James Allen, As a Man Thinking. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it, it's why I said the things I said earlier today. I believe my body's going to heal. I believe I'm going to get everything back. I'm no longer going to be disabled. I believe that with all my soul. And I'm just waiting for it to, to manifest, you know. I visualize it every day. I believe in you too, Jenny. Thanks. I look forward to the next time we can talk about all good things. All right. Same here. Be well. You too. Bye-bye. Now I need to go get some food. Ugh, I'm hungry. And I'm starting to get hangry. And I want to put in some hours. I'm not even fucking tired. Hey, Danny, you know I haven't gone to sleep yet since I talked to you this morning. And I also um, missed out on getting my business cards because I totally got wrapped up in setting up my equipment for the podcast. And I was supposed to submit the business card by before 2 p.m. so I could pick it up before they closed. And I didn't do that. So now this is I'm, I might have to do it at some place in uh, Richmond tomorrow when I bring my sister up there because I want to be there for a couple of days. So that's that. And that's a fact. All right. Well, y'all have all been silent, but I appreciate y'all hanging. I'm going to shut down this room. So thank you, Danny, Rudy, Pickle, and Brian. I uh, appreciate y'all for uh, giving this old man some attention. And I'll see you guys around later.